Chat. Hello. Oh, Hi. It is coming through, I hope. Yeah, it is coming through. Don't worry. Okay. Welcome to another episode. This happened fast. Yeah. Like, we literally just recorded the last episode less than 24 hours ago, and now we are recording another one. Because we feel like it. Yeah, because actually this is fun. This is a lot of fun. Uh, speak for yourself. Uh, sir, you troglodyte. I do it because it's a living. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're not making any money off of this. We're not making any money yet. Yet. <laughs> Always yet. Yet. Okay, so... We were just talking about Transformers. I was like, man, we're talking about all these Transformers things, and we need to be, like, recording this. What are you looking at? I'm looking at Instagram. Oh, gosh. Get off Instagram, you fool. Make me. We're recording a podcast. What is happening right now? Someone died? No. Oh, okay. It's not important. <laughs> <sighs> oh, speaking of that, okay. What, it's death? A great, no, it's, it's, speaking of someone dying, okay? I didn't realize this, but... Yes, I just said death! Okay, whatever. Speaking of that, what, death? No, someone dying. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it was earlier this week or last week. Uh, earlier this past week or the week before that. Um, but I noticed... Shut up, okay? <laughs> Riddler. <laughs> By the way, that is a... Little inside tism joke with us. We we'll get we'll get to talking about the Batman with Robert Pattinson. I realized we teased this last night and we never talked. Yeah, about Yeah, we never it. finished it. I think it was like in the section we cut out though. Oh, okay. That's confirmation. We didn't give you an Everything. entire podcast last night. We yeah, obviously you have it. to do editing. Obviously, well, not obviously. We could have just left it unedited. That would have been but this is not a Dottie DeNogla video. That, that would have been a bad idea, but we could have. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> there, are a lot of, there are a lot of bad ideas. There are a lot of, frankly, atrocious things <laughs> you can describe like that. Yeah. Uh, so, it would be a bad idea to elect Stalin as your leader. <laughs> <laughs> Insert Russian national anthem right here. Basvidanya. Hi ho How's communism going for you guys? <laughs> Okay, so the whole joke between me and him with ah is in like we were talking about last night in the scene at the end of the dark not the dark night Batman dark night, the Batman I get the, I get mixed up I get with everything. Robert Pattinson yeah yeah the Bat Batman himself actually this was in the cutout part was it yes because Pac Man. <laughs> if we get big enough later on we'll throw it on like a patreon or something like that so yeah. people can hear the unedited stories no once we get big enough we need to have a scandal that'll get us canceled so we can throw that up there wait we need to make the scandal ourselves to get canceled and that will be the scandal yeah that'll be that will be trendsetters we'll cancel ourselves I'll start. Done. A, I'll start a Twitter. I'll start a Twitter. Uh, what's not channel account? Feed. Twitter account specifically to like dox myself and cancel myself. And then you'll start your own subreddit. <laughs> no. To, to like get us doxed as well. I'm not that autistic. Oh okay. <laughs> not re not I'm, yet. I'm, I'm not gonna, yet. <laughs> I'm not gonna start a Reddit. So, in the Batman movie, you see the scene where. 
Batman comes in after the Riddler's been arrested. And he's interrogating he's, Rid- Riddler in the prison. Yeah. And Paul the Dano himself. And he's like, oh, but you're going to join me. Like, this was my big plan. And then he's like, no, you're staying in here. I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not how it was supposed to go. No. no! <laughs> oh. definition of what Hollywood thinks autism is. Yes, and so anytime me and him have like this moment where we're just like man, this is so stupid, we just go ah! Oh! <laughs> oh, you remember that one time we made one of our friends baby cry? Yeah. We, like we just went ah! And the baby was just like, what's going on? Ah! Yeah, the baby played follow the leader on that one. <laughs> Or when you came back from your internship, you just, like, walk in the door immediately. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> like, you, I think you even recorded an Instagram uh, yeah, story. Yeah, I, I put that one on Instagram. That probably didn't make sense to anyone. And that's okay. Which is the way I prefer it, in all honesty. Exactly. Let us let it be our inside joke. Well, it's not an inside joke anymore. Ah! <laughs> Anyway, that is us making fun of what Hollywood thinks autism is. Because that well, we is... could do that because my brother's autistic and he is autistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's not even that. Because I don't think you need like a pass for this one. Because we're not making fun of... That scream is not making fun of autism. That's making fun of what... Holly... Someone thinks yeah, autism Hollywood looks like. Yeah, apparently thinks autism looks like. Because we, we talked about this. We had this conversation where you said your brother does do the thing where he'll, like, scream no and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but he doesn't do, like, yeah, he, no, but, no, 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 he doesn't do that. He's just like, no! Yeah. It's just, and, like, one. And what you, and what he really doesn't do is pace back and forth going, ah! Well, he, he doesn't just outright scream. He goes, he just gets, like, real mad like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's like, quiet! Or whatever. He's like, when everybody's arguing. Yeah, and I remember in the theater, when he started doing that, I was, I was... He about started dying laughing. <laughs> no, I didn't die laughing. What happened was I was enjoying the Riddler's performance. Because I could tell, just from <coughs> Paul Dano, before he did that, I could already tell that he was playing the Riddler like he was somewhere on the spectrum. It was just obvious and when he started doing the screaming, that was when I was, I didn't start laughing. It took, it, like, I just was taken aback because I was like, oh, th- you thought I wasn't smart enough to tell it he was autistic. You had, you thought it needed to be more obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give me some credit, movie. I know what autism is. Exactly. I don't need to be spoon-fed. <laughs> I don't need it to be spoon-fed to me on a screaming platter. <laughs> On a screaming platter. <laughs> well, <coughs> so that's not exactly what I wanted to start talking about. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's there. It's out there now. It's out there to the internet. They can have it. <laughs> they can have it? Yes. So one of the major things that we end up doing when we hang out is we always inevitably <coughs> have to watch anime. Of yeah. some sort, or do something with anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> or as I call it, not art. <laughs> not art. <laughs> and, like, to me, it's the or crazy... Or as, as I call it, Japanese moving picture serials. 
you know, like sometimes you'll just get one frame on the back of a or as, carton or something of that nature. Or, or <laughs> as I, I heard one YouTuber call them this as a joke in his video, and I think it's amazing. As one YouTuber calls it, Filipino flip books. <laughs> <laughs> Filipino flip books. Yeah, he was doing a review of the Death Note Netflix movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and that movie was actually produced by a Japanese actor named Masi Oka. And as he was, as he was like crescendoing his rant about how are we that, talking about the Netflix one, right? Yeah, the Netflix one. Ugh. The Netflix movie was produced by a Japanese actor named Masi Oka. And as this dude was crescendoing his rant about how bad the Netflix anime, not anime, the Netflix Death Note movie was. He, he goes, is this what you wanted, Masioka? Is this what is this your way of finally getting getting the American pigs to stop culturally appropriating your Filipino flip books? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. And so we were talking before this. Uh, and always inevitably we end up watching some anime of some sort. <clears throat> and he has pushed adamantly for quite some time for us to finish this one particular series, which is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. JoJo! And I'm, I'm telling you this, like, I was very hesitant at first because I, I've always been kind of weirded out by some, like, animation styles or some characteristics that you will see in anime. And one of those is... A lot of the characters in the JoJo universe have the weirdest lips. I swear. Like, um... You want to talk about... Keep talking, keep talking. Weird lips, just, like, they, they messed me so much. Are you looking up? Oh. Uh, okay, I see what you're doing. Uh, so, in the later series, like, you see these characters are just weird. And it just starts not making sense, especially when you look at the manga alone. But they kind of fixed him in the anime. And he's like, well, we're going to watch this. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll give it a chance. And I start listening to it. And, you know, it's it's not bad. And at first, like, it was kind of slow, but, I mean, it wasn't bad. And I was willing to give the anime a chance. So then we get through the first arc, which is, like, the first eight episodes. Um, the first arc is the first nine episodes. Okay. Talking about weird lips, how do you feel about a Transformer with weird lips? You know, that one doesn't mess with me as bad. It's weird, but it doesn't <laughs> mess with me as much as JoJo lips. <laughs> that should have been the, that should have been the title of the new arc in JoJo. Wait, JoJo, JoJo lips. lips. <laughs> Instead of JoJo so, lands. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Last episode of the first arc. Fantastic. And it really was like, okay, I like this show somewhat. Yeah. And then we watched the next episode, which is going into arc number two. Which yeah, that would is, be episode ten of season one. Yeah. Which, what is that arc called again? That arc is the title of it? Yeah, so the first one was Phantom Blood. Yeah. The second one is... The second arc is titled Battle Tendency. Battle Tendency. Battle Tendency. Battle Tendency. I will tell you, the only thing that weirded me out about that entire thing... Was how much you liked it. No, was the three main antagonists. <laughs> and how 
how they were always like it just seemed they were wearing man diapers well yeah because the the main antagonist of that arc uh keep in mind everyone all in anime is produced in japan so all the people who make anime are japanese so keep that in mind before you start crying racism about how anime does stuff uh all of the main antagonists in battle tendency are supposed to be like ancient aztec sort of south american cavemen which is why they dress like that their names are cars acdc and wamu wamu yes I, that's the one I was like, I was wanted to call him uh, Wotan, but that's uh, a boss from um, uh, Borderlands 3. Yeah, but so they all wear like the man diapers and loincloths and stuff like that because they're supposed to be like then, super ancient Mesoamerican. Then, don't uh, all three of them have headdresses? No, that's only Cars. Well, Cars had one. Car, so Cars, Ramu had the massive earrings. Cars had the turban. No, I think ACD, hold on. You're, you're mixing... So, Cars had the turban. Eight, Wamu had, like, the little thing behind his... The little drape behind oh, okay. his head. And I think ACDC was the one with the massive earrings. I was thinking Wamu was the one that had it because he had a... <clears throat> I do get him mixed up all the time. Yeah, ACDC had the massive earrings. Yeah. And he had the weird hat. It's a weird headdress of some sort. You already did have a headdress. I forgot that. Anyway, we gotta keep talking. Yes, yeah, so that there's all Can't this. have dead air! Can't have dead air. Can't have dead air will be boring! Er than usual. Yeah, he's the one who had the, uh... Like a, a, like a headdress of some sort. Oh, he also had earrings, though. You're right. So, as you watch through the show, you, like, start to realize, like, maybe this isn't such a bad show because the main character, which is... A battle tendency. The main character of the second arc. Yeah, the main character. So, that's actually, that's, each arc has a different main character to it. Yeah, that's actually a big uh, selling point I have for the series is each season. Except for season one. Season one's the only season that has two different main characters because it had adapts two different arcs. Yes. After season one, every season has a different protagonist. And they're all from the same family. It's like an anthology series about this one family. Which is a big... Um, I think a big selling point of it. I I enjoy every arc, including <clears throat> including arc one, even though it's considered the bad arc. I enjoy all of them. But if there's an arc you're not feeling, you can it's go arc one. <laughs> well, there's that. But um, but if there's an arc besides arc one that you're not feeling, you can go to a different season. And yeah, you'll have and a you'll have a totally different storyline. Yeah, totally different storyline. Totally different characters. Do, do they usually fill you in? You usually don't need a whole lot to be filled in on. Okay, um, because. Because, like, I know that they kind of filled in with the backstory a little bit in the family in the season we're currently in. Well, yeah, but that's because um, the first the first two seasons tell three different story arcs about Jonathan Joestar, his grandson Joseph Joestar, and Joseph's grandson Jotaro Kujo. And the so... reason season two has a lot of backstory to get you into it is because season three, those first three arcs about Jonathan, Joseph, and Jotaro were all originally written by the author to be a single story. He was planning to end the series after Jotaro's arc, but after he had written Jotaro's story, he decided he wanted to tell more. So then he told the arc that is adapted in the later seasons, the arcs following characters named Josuke, Jorno, and Jolene. That's why the series is called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. They've all got Joe in their name. Yeah. 
Um, but so all of those different <laughs> ones, like Josuke, Jorno, Jolene, they're just like all different stories set in this world. The first three, jo Jonathan, Joseph, and Jodoro, they're the ones are the ones that are most closely interconnected because yeah. they were written to be that way. Everything after Jodoro is just a story set in this universe. Yeah. So you don't really need a whole lot to understand what's going on. Whereas with Jodoro's, they gave backstory to make sure anyone who was tuning in that season would know what happened in season one because you actually do need to know... Uh, a good deal about the history of of Jotaro and his family to know yes. what's going on there. And you you get introduced to Jonathan at episode ten of season one. No, and, dude. What, and well, the thing is, not, my bad, Joseph. 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 I I always get them mixed up because they're all Joe. <laughs> Go Joe. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. No, you did not have to. Do I had that. to do it. You didn't have to do that. I always have to do it. No, you don't. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, so. Uh, Joseph is introduced in episode 10. Yeah. And honestly, right off the cuff, you immediately feel like this charismatic, sarcastic individual just showed up. Yeah. And he's putting words in people's mouths. And jo they're like, oh my gosh, he is inside my head. And he's absolutely hilarious. He's a bit of a Sherlock Holmes type character yes. a little bit. And the way he's able, he's able to like inductively read people the same way that Sherlock can. He's also just, Jonathan, the, the big problem that a lot of people have with the first arc, which is Jonathan's arc, is the characters aren't that well-rounded. Jonathan is a very flat character. He's like, he's sort of, I compared him to like an ancient Greek character, like Odysseus or someone like that, which sounds pretentious. Oh, this anime character is like this ancient. But what I mean is like, he's not very well-rounded. He's got a couple of traits and those are the traits that carry, that he carries through the whole thing. And he doesn't have a deep arc. He doesn't have deep characterization. He's just a classic hero who's fighting, who's hunting down a vampire. And I, I feel Whereas like... Joseph, Joseph is a trickster. He's a troll. He likes making Absolutely fun of people. Absolutely a troll. Yeah, he loves annoying people. He's very clever. He's very tricky. And but you... let's be honest here. He's not the biggest troll in the series. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite character, who is the German Nazi guy, <laughs> yeah. Stroheim. Yeah, there's a German. <laughs> the the thing is. Um, Joseph's arc is set in 1938, so right at the beginning of World War II, and one of the main characters is a member of the German army, which is very funny <laughs> in hindsight. And then, like, the, the craziest part about it is, like, they don't mention anything about, like, the Nazis being bad, even though we all know the Nazis were well, bad. Well, they, they do. So, like, they make reference to Hitler a little bit. They reference the fact that, like... They reference the fact that the main characters really don't like the Nazis, but they don't, but like, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like, they don't address the Hitler in the room. <laughs> they, they acknowledge Hitler, but they don't address Hitler. And they talk about at the end of the arc, it tells you like what happened to, because, um, so Jonathan's arc is set in 1880 and then Joseph's arc is set. 50 years later, Joseph is Jonathan's grandson. Yes. And then season two, Jotaro is Joseph's grandson. And he and so his arc is set he's the fifth generation in the line. Yeah, and he's another 50 years on from uh, Joseph. So he's set in the 1980s. And so Joseph's arc ends with a montage telling you what happened to all the characters during that 50-year time skip. And when it tells you what happened to Stroheim, it says that he died fighting valiantly at the Battle of Stalingrad. <laughs> in 1942. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like... I heard that. I just died laughing because I was like, ah, yes, the Nazis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's that. It's also like... To, 
to Stroheim's credit, he helped destroy. He helped Joseph defeat a bunch of vampires that were going to take over the world. So Stroheim, Stroheim did a good thing there. But so Stroheim's kind of a sort of hero in the story because he helped save the world from vamp from like Vampirism, crazy vampires. Yeah. But it's just funny when it says that he died heroically at the Battle of Stalingrad. You're like, whose side was he fighting? The valiantly. Valiantly. Yeah, he died fighting valiantly at the Battle of Stalingrad, and you ask yourself, uh, whose side was he on again? Like, I liked and, him. What side? Oh, wait a second. And, I and, liked a Nazi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the anime. So most people would, like, try to sidestep that issue, whereas the anime, because it's written by a Japanese guy, and for some reason, this is a problem with... Don't the, have any kind of cultural reference at all. Apparently <laughs> not, because Attack on Titan had this problem, too, where, like, they would... Where, like, people started accusing Attack on... No one's ever accused JoJo of being Nazi sympathizers. Because they shouldn't. It's not... JoJo's not fascist or anything like that. Attack on Titan has gotten accused of being fascist and, like, pro-Nazi and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Attack on Titan's been... A, which is my just my way of saying... Lots of anime keep getting this slung at them for some reason. I really think it's just because, like, people in Japan don't actually know that much about Germany. <laughs> or... Yeah. Which is weird to say. But maybe it's just not in their history books. Maybe. Mm -hmm. But, like, unironically, it's like when you see Stroheim died fighting valiantly at the Battle of Stalingrad. It's one of those things where you're like, whose side was he on? And the author very, like, happily brings up a megaphone and was like, the Nazis! The Nazis! <laughs> and you're like, D and you're like, I'm sorry, he was a Nazi? And you said he fought valiantly? And he's like, Yes! <laughs> I don't know how, but we planned that out. We had to. <laughs> so as you watch through this series, honestly, it is quite a, an interesting and funny story. And there's a, quite a few likable characters. And like the first main bad guy, he shows up again later on in one of the arcs. And I swear to you. He's like the most charismatic Giga Chad. Oh, the, the, the villain of part arcs one and two, the vampire Dio... Yeah, he is a uh, he is one of my favorite villains. And no, one in three, one in three. Did I not say that? You said one in two. No, uh, one in three. They are, the villain of arcs one and three, the vampire Dio, is one of the mo my favorite villains ever. Just because he's just your classic, he, like he's ju he's just a dick, and he yeah. and he enjoy he enjoys being a dick. And there's nothing com <laughs> there's nothing complex about him. No, no, he's just like oh. You thought you were going to pull a gun on me? How fast do you think you could have pulled that trigger, son? Are well, you sure about this? No, I here's the <laughs> example I would use. It's it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite lines in an anime cuz it's so cartoonishly evil. <laughs> it is so cartoonishly evil where I think I know which one you're talking about. Cuz I already told it to you. No, okay. He, um Jonathan and his um his uh his coach, his mystical his mystical tutor who helps him who helps him master mystic martial arts to fight vampires because it's an oh, anime because yeah. it's an anime his name is Zeppeli he's named after the band Led Zeppelin Jonathan and Zeppeli um, meet Dio for the first time after Do Jonathan has been training to fight vampires and Zeppeli confronts Dio and he says Dio how many lives have you already taken to satisfy <laughs> your demonic hunger and Dio's response is I don't know. Do you recall every loaf of bread you've eaten in your life? If not, then how can you possibly expect me to remember? It's like, he's just so cartoonishly yes. evil. And I was talking to Luke about like, this. It's, it's like, there are multiple 
there are multiple things to be said about that. Like, one, comparing humans to loaves of bread is cartoonishly evil enough. Then there's the fact that he's comparing... He is comparing how much bread you've eaten your entire life to how many people he's eaten in the last, like, two weeks since he became a vampire. Max. He's been a vampire for two weeks and already claims he's eaten too many people to remember. Like, literally, I feel like he has, like, short-term memory loss or something (laughs) of that nature because he's just like, oh, I'll eat one. Ah, I forgot. Man, I'm hungry. Ah." He goes and eats another one. Yeah, and it's just like well, it's like it's yeah, like it's more like he he's can't. Like, I've, walk. E- I've eaten eighty people today, and I wasn't even hungry. I just <laughs> felt like it <laughs> exactly. And like I was telling him earlier, I was like, you, honestly, it feels more like you could quantify. It. it was like, oh yes, I ate that village over there, that suburb, and that city just disappeared one day, and you just think, man. I don't even know how to quantify that. What killed the dinosaurs? It was I, Dio! <laughs> exactly. It wasn't a meteor. It was some vampiric douchebag. <laughs> it's just Dio. It reminds me... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the exact same segue that I did with our conversation earlier. Yeah. Just because I feel like this will be good to have recorded. It reminds me of... I, I watched the the Puss in Boots sequel recently. Oh, yes. And I, I, I've not watched kids' movies in a long time, but I just kept hearing that this was really good, so I checked it out in theaters, and it is downright hilarious. <laughs> it is it is actually in a... Wait, it, is it the newest one? Yeah, it's called Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. It's, okay, that's it, three. No, it's there are only two Puss in Boots movies. I thought there were three of them. Nope. I had this exact conversation with a friend of mine when I visited him in Colorado, and I looked it up, and this is the second one. What people get confused by is there was a Puss in Boots TV show, and I think that's what they're thinking ah, yes. of. So this is the second Puss in Boots movie. It is still, at the time of this recording, February 2023, it is still in theater, so you can go check it out if you want to. And there's a villain, there are a couple of villains in the movie, but one of the main ones is a guy named Jack Horner, who's based on the uh, Jack, Little Jack Horner, Little Jack sat Horner. in his corner, eating his curds and whey. Based on that dude, yeah, and he's one of the main villains, and he is... He is a Dio-type character where he is comically evil and it's played up for amazing laughs. Just a Giga Chad. <laughs> there's a um, there's a, a great scene where Puss in Boots is traveling with a little dog companion, a little like puppy that he that he brings everywhere. No, he doesn't bring it. Around. He doesn't want the he doesn't want the dog around, but the dog follows him because the dog wants friends. And the dog is Woof. Like, yeah. The dog is like unbelievably positive about everything. Exactly what you picture from a puppy, just positive about everything. In the most just naive, happy tongue hanging out of his mouth, yeah, breathing heavy. In the most naive way, and there's a part where Puss and Jack is trying to get a uh, map that Puss and Boots stole from him back, and so he gets the dog, and he and he's holding the the puppy, and he takes a crossbow, is gonna and so, and threatens to shoot this puppy with the crossbow, and Jiminy Cricket, who's been traveling with Jack Horner. Is like and is trying to be a con- his conscience to help him be a better person. Jimmy Cricket gets on his shoulder and goes, "Oh, oh, jeez, Jack, you're not really gonna shoot that dog, are you?" He goes, "Uh, yeah, I am, right in the face." <laughs> Just and what makes casually. it even funnier? What makes it even funnier for me is the way he was just chatting, talking like Jiminy is because it's his impression of John Mulaney who played Jack Horner. It's actually pretty funny to me. Yeah, John like, John Mulaney played Jack Horner. I don't know. I don't know who played Jiminy Cricket, but it's just Jiminy Cricket. Oh, jeez, he talks like this. And yeah, John Mulaney's just hilarious. And Jack, he's like, yeah, you don't, you're not going to shoot him, are you? And then John Mulaney's Jack just goes, uh, yeah, right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and there's 
Jack's just got great lines. He's, there's one where he explains his villain origin story, if you can call it that, to Jiminy Cricket. He goes, I didn't have much growing up, only a stable childhood, loving parents, a mansion to grow up in, and a, a highly lucrative baking business to inherit. Useless crap like that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, someone who's just, like, that funny, you, you can't just pass it up. Like, that is a Chad moment. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a there was a great scene when when Jimmy Cricket first gets introduced. So Jack has this thing. He has he takes magic stuff with him everywhere to fight, and he has an he has a magical bag that's just bottomless. He can put whatever he wants. Just in like there. a bag of holding or something. Magical. Yeah, and so he's pulling stuff out for this fight that he's in with Puss in Boots and a bunch of other people. And he's pulling all this stuff out. He's like, ah, I think I may have overpacked. And then he pulls out the cage with Jiminy Cricket in it. And then also they're in a place with like magical flowers that are trying to eat them. So he, so to, uh, to, to defeat the flowers, he pulls out Jiminy Cricket. Ah, perfect. He opens it up the cage and goes, magical locusts, eat these plants. And Jiminy Cricket goes, oh, I'm not a locust, actually. I'm I'm more of a more of a. He goes, well, well, what are you? Some kind of demon grasshopper? And he goes, no, I'm I'm actually a cricket. And uh, and uh, what I do is I, I I stand on your shoulder and I help you weigh the pros and cons of decisions you have to make. I'm I'm kind of like your conscience. He goes, man, I really did overpack. <laughs> really is hilarious sounding because it's just like one of those things where you don't expect it and then they drop this hard ball of a line and you're just like it just hits yeah so hard one one i didn't tell you before we started recording one that oh I, gosh one that i really liked was um um well, jimmy cricket's on his shoulder and they still need to get past these flowers that are eating everyone and uh jack's pulling more stuff out of his bag and he pulls out a phoenix like an actual what? like living <laughs> phoenix and Jimmy Cricket goes, oh, it's the mighty majestic phoenix. Oh, my God. It zooms out and Jack is like choking the phoenix to cause it to, cause it to spray fire like a flamethrower. <laughs> He's like choking it to get it to spew fire Just, like Wah! a flamethrower. Yeah, like a flamethrower. He's like, oh, my gosh. What are you doing? This is insane, man. Oh, my gosh. And then on top of it, like, you just hear about all these different shows that have these, like, Giga Chad style characters. And, like, one of them I think would be, uh, like, I, the question I presented to you earlier, which I felt like was a good idea, and I, I feel like you've already found your answer is, because I know you're a huge fan of Transformers, and we're already on animated stuff. Yeah. So, even though anime is not art. By the way, that's a shirt idea. We're going to make it. <laughs> Anime is not art. Anime is not art. And then, dude, we just need... Dude, I was going to say we wear that to like an anime convention. We just need to wear anime it Anime is not art. It's just Filipino flipbooks. Dude, we just, need to, <laughs> we just need to wear it on like a college campus and everyone will get so upset. We'll get kicked off campus so quickly. So quickly. Oh, dude, speaking... Don't wear it through a mall, especially near a Hot Topic. Oh, dude, speaking, <laughs> speaking of getting kicked off campus... Oh, gosh. <laughs> We will return to Transformers in a moment. You reminded me. My friends and I, one time, we uh, the town we live in is a college town. Yeah. I will not get any more specific than that. But my friends and I, we were on campus, on college campus one time. But was it the one right here, or was it the one where you went to college? Well, I went to college at both of them. So. All right, I know that. Uh, it's the one here, though. It's the one close, uh. closer to us. Um, there are two colleges in this town. Um, I went to both of them. 
and because uh, he wanted punishment <laughs> and debt. Not not quite. I'm actually not in debt. Lucky son of a gun. I did not take out any student loans. <laughs> Lucky son of a gun. Um, I'm still waiting to see if Biden will approve this student loan <laughs> bullcrap. Because I'm within the bracket. <laughs> but so I. Um, me and my friends, we were on campus at the Closer College. We'll put it like that. Oh, yes, at the Closer one. And as we were hanging out, we came across a dude in, like, the... There's, like, a little, f- like, public s- square, I guess you could call, at this college where everyone... Now, it's not where people convene. It's not a place you convene to hang out, but everyone goes through there to go either to their dorms or to, the, or to their classes. Like, at, Oh, I know you're talking. It's that massive intersection yeah, right there. It's not, it's not a hangout place, but it's everyone goes through there at some point in the yeah, day. It's like the square. Yeah. And uh, there was a dude there who had set up a big presentation on, on how the earth was actually flat. And he was like tell, trying to tell people on, this, on the college campus that the earth was flat. And he had this big thing about it, and he had like, like the poster board and everything. And he was also also saying like how the moon landing was fake, and part of the moon landing being so he's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, well, he was focusing on the Earth being flat, and the reason he had the uh, er, the fake moon landing thing in there was because somehow he would somehow the moon landing being fake was connected to the Earth being flat. I don't remember why, but he was focusing on the Earth being straw flat. man or something like that. And a very very weak argument. Yeah, and and up. So this this uh, this public intersection was is in front of the school library, and so up in the library, one of the library windows, we saw on like the third floor of the library, someone had put a little white white like dry erase board in the window that said the Earth is flat, not the Earth is flat, saying the Earth is round, dumbass on it. And we thought that was hilarious. So what we did <laughs> is we went up to the third floor. We did not move that whiteboard. What we did, so this was like one of those like handheld ones. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, the handheld one. They're, yeah, hand- they're like, they're like uh, I'd say probably like 18 by like 11 or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. Like you guys will know what we're talking about. Like they, you can carry them around everywhere. They're um, like this. Yeah, a lot of times you'll see students like. Uh, command strip them to like their dorm door yeah like like not really not super big at all and so we left that there and what we did is we we went and we found one of those whiteboards that's like has wheels on it like one of the oh one of the huge ones not the ones that like the board itself will like flip yeah we got one of those those. we got one of the huge ones not huge wide huge tall one of the super tall ones and what we did (laughs) Actually, I didn't do... Yeah, that. what they said. Yeah, I don't remember what we wrote on there, but um, what we wrote, but we got that, and we wrote a bunch of stuff on there. I don't remember all of it, but one of the things, things we did write on there was we wrote, the earth is flat, and we put it in the window right next to the whiteboard that said, the earth is round, dumbass, <laughs> and we left it there. <laughs> and so... Not, oh my gosh. Not talking about kicked... I don't even remember what made me think of that. He said something about getting kicked off camp. Oh. oh! Because we were gonna wear anime is not art shirts to yeah. like uh, like a college campus or whatever. Yeah, and that reminded me, like, we didn't get in trouble for that. I don't think anyone even saw us do that, but it reminded me, like, wearing shirts that say anime is not art. That reminded me of when we put a huge dry erase board in a window that said the earth is flat on it. <laughs> yeah. And we did... Again, we did not erase the other one. We just left it there. So, like, literally, you've got right next to each other one window that says the earth is is round and another that says the earth is flat and we just left it there 
all the small voices just saying the truth, and then this one person who has a really, really big mouth. <laughs> That's essentially what that like tells me. I but think... so, anime is not art. We're gonna make sure it eventually that. So okay. we were talking about Giga Chads. This is a question I had for you earlier. I don't know why you keep bringing up Giga Chads. Well, I mean, I was just like, like, who do you think is like the most Giga Chad of all characters when it comes to Transformers? I kind of feel like anyone. I kind of feel like here's the thing. I'm gonna answer that question, but first I need to say, I need to dunk on you for a minute. Sure. I kind of feel like anyone. <laughs> I say Giga Chad. I say it ironically. You're doing it kind of unironically right now, and I feel like the people listening this can, to this can smell you through the podcast whenever you say Giga Chad unironically. <laughs> I wear deodorant. I take a shower. That, not an incel. That was not the, that was not the essence of my joke, but fair enough. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I feel like my joke either went completely over your head, or you stepped around it. I'm not sure. I stepped around it. I I, I don't believe that you did. <laughs> well, that just hit me in the head. So I know. I mean, that's proof to tell you. I just go for it sometimes. So ultimate Giga Chat Transformers. <laughs> now that we're saying Giga Chat all the time. Well, I'm. I'm no, he, my bad. We don't have to say Giga. We can just say Chad. Then is that okay with you? Is what, that better? What do you mean by Giga Chad? Ultimate Chad. What does that mean? Okay, Chad from Train to Busan. Okay. <laughs> uh, Chad from. Yo, we need to like talk... Dio is a Chad. Yo, we need to talk about Train to Busan at some yeah, point. Train to Busan is such a fun. We will do an, an entire review of that. I want to go back through and watch. Yeah, it, it is. It just like highlight moments we need to talk. We about. We will talk about Train to Busan at some point. All that needs to be said right now to anyone listening is Train to Busan. It is a South Korean movie, and um, it is great. It is one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. It is phenomenal, and there's a character in it who we call Chad because, I mean... He is... I mean, fr I mean, dude... F I mean, dude, frick. It took me, like, ten years to, like, finally figure out... It took me, like, ten years of watching anime to finally figure out how to produce pronounce Japanese names. You're gonna need to give me another ten years of watching, like, K-dramas to know how to pronounce Korean names. Yeah, and th this guy, like... Oh, no, no, no. His actor, the actor who plays Chad in Train to Busan is named Ma Dong, which is easy to yeah. remember. Ma yeah, Dong. Ma Dong. <laughs> like, he, he literally was so great. So, who do you think is, like, the ultimate B.A. slash Chad so if we're going, of the Transformers universe? So, if we're going ultimate B.A., it also depends on continuity, because lots of Transformers personalities are altered from continuity to continuity. Mm -hmm. Like, Transformer Armada... Optimus Prime is not the same character as trans as the eighties Optimus as G1. Prime. Yeah, and Transformers Prime Optimus Prime is not the same character as Transformers Armada Optimus or Prime. Or Earthspark. We don't talk about Earthspark. Yeah, but Earthspark um, is like the fourth Indiana Jones movie that never happened. No, Earthspark's. First of all, I like the fourth one. Get out of my apartment, dude. Now. The fir the fourth Indiana Jones movie is what got me into Indiana Jones. It was the first movie I saw from Indiana Jones. My dad took me to see it in theaters. That's worse than liking the sequel trilogy. No, it's not. That's worse. No, it's not. No, it's not. You have brain damage. We don't talk about my brain damage, okay? You have autism. No, my brother has autism. He's the one that caused the brain damage. <laughs> 
if you're hearing this, Marshall, I'm sorry. <laughs> there is there is no there is nothing in the fourth Indiana Jones movie. I've not watched it since like I saw it. I've not watched. Yeah, you watched it once, and it was that memorable. I've not watched it since I was like eleven or twelve or something. Yeah, um, that was ten years ago. But I can tell you, I can tell you right now. I remember a lot of scenes. I remember the ant scenes. I remember the refrigerator scene. I remember um, the. I remember like the my the like Mayan temple they went to or everything. I remember the aliens. I remember the skull. I remember a whole lot of that movie. There is nothing in that movie that is that is as insulting insultingly bad there is nothing in that movie that is there is nothing in that movie that is as knuckle draggingly boneheaded <laughs> as the luke, sequel trilogy as, as luke almost killing his nephew in his sleep or or uh the, the ray knuckle, skywalker the knife scene in the rise of skywalker okay. Or, yes, the Ray Skywalker scene, or the we don't know how to go up scene in Rise of Skywalker. We don't know how to go up. That's how they won the final battle in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. They, they the, needed uh, a the satellite. Stardust. They needed The Star Destroyers needed a satellite to go up. It's like, stick your head out a window. So, just so, so like, pa no, pause real quick. Do. No, stand up. You, you, know, you see the thing that you're standing on? Look up. That's up. So... We've made a reference. I, I, I said this is probably going to happen every... I hope this doesn't happen every time. And he said, oh, we're going to bring it up a lot. You brought it up this time. No. You did bring it up. No, what, what I'm talking about is this. I have a feeling every single episode may contain something about the sequel trilogy. Yeah, you brought it up Because you're going to dog me about it every no, single time. No, you brought it up this time. I know. But you're like... Nothing is as bad as the knuckle dragging that is Luke trying to kill his nephew. Yeah, because you tried to say that that's worse than the fourth Indiana Jones movie. You're high. <laughs> I've never smoked weed in my entire life. <laughs> and yet somehow... <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> okay. So, Chad Transformer. Yeah, I'm looking, them up. I'm looking through a whole bunch of them now. So, we talked about earlier, I, I said that my favorite of all the Michael Bay versions. Is that what we, well, is that what we need to do? Like, contain it to one, like, one Yeah, continuity? I'd say it'd probably be easier. Okay, do you, um, want me, do you want me to go with Michael Bay continuity? I mean, that's why I feel like most people would understand. In yeah, that, that's, that's fine. Because, um, uh... I, I'll go ahead and put this plug in here. For anyone who's only ever been exposed to the Michael Bay movies of Transformers... Do You're missing a, out. Yeah, do yourselves a favor and watch Transformers Prime. The first season of it is on Netflix. The second two seasons are available for free on Hasbro's YouTube channel. I don't know why they did it like that. But the entire series is available either on Netflix or on YouTube. Maybe you because Netflix all. was like a little greedy or something like that. Maybe. So. Netflix did have the entire series at one point. Okay. I don't know how they man managed to lose everything except season one. I legit don't know. But anyway, my point is... Do yourselves a favor, watch Transformers Prime. It is one of the best, it is I, arguably the best Transformers content that is available for either the, the TV screen or the big screen, film or TV. The only rival for it is Transformers Beast Wars, which is a CGI series that came out in the 90s. I've recommended that to people too, but 
Yeah, obviously. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's 90... It's an, it's a fully CGI series from 95. This The graphics look really bad, and that usually turns people off. That is not true of the Transformers Prime series. The gra- Honestly, if you could get it in, like, a podcast form, it wouldn't turn people off. Probably. No, no visuals. They'd probably like a po- Beast Wars podcast. But, um, yeah. Um, but... Transformers Prime, it's got all the good storytelling of Beast Wars, and it's got phenomenal animation. It, that show that show looks beautiful. The Transformers and Transformers Prime look beautiful. Like, yeah. great art, great stories. If you think that Transformers is just the Michael Bay movies and that's your only impression of it, then I don't blame you for thinking I'm autistic for liking Transformers. Yes, but, like, just looking here and the number of series in front of us, it's insane. There's probably a good 25 series sitting right here in front of us oh yeah um so one, one two three wait not one, two, not three, all of four five six hold on no eight, hold on nine. hold on hold on not all of these not all of these you can see are like tv shows and stuff like that yeah i'm counting just the the bold blue lines there one two three four five six seven eight nine, no, but you're, that's what i'm saying like this this bold one right here is only a toy line it's not oh yeah so the the tri- you got the G1 cartoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see it now. Some of them are comics only, too. Yeah, so you got, in terms of cartoons, you got G1. The, the 80s cartoon, and then Headmasters, Super Headmaster, God, Master Super. Force, Victory, and Zone were all Japanese-exclusive ones. Sure. So those are all TV shows, but they were never released in America. So you got all this. It, going specifically from stuff you can get in America, you've got the 80s one, which is just called The Transformers. You've got Beast Wars, which was released in the 90s. You've got... Beast Machines, which was a sequel to Beast Wars. Robots in Disguise 2001, which yeah. was a reboot of the entire of series. G1? Essentially. Okay. Um, it's It was actually... The, Robots in Disguise is actually an anime that did get translated into okay. English. Then you got Armada, which is another reboot. Armada was the one that I grew up on, and I loved Armada. Yeah, so Armada, Energon, and Cybertron are all set in one continuity. Most people despise Energon and Cybertron... And most, and then Armada's like most people think it's okay. Oh, I liked it because that's some of the toys that I had, and yeah. the, the mini cons were pretty cool to me. Yeah, then you got all the Michael Bay movies. So uh, Transformers animated, which is actually pretty good. I just the reason I don't recommend that more is because it's a, bit, a lot of it's very kid or it's like Teen Titans. Like Teen Titans is a good show, but a yeah. lot of it's aimed towards kids. Yeah. Then you've got uh, the video, dude. The video games they're not available. A lot of them aren't available right now because of a controversy that happened with the deals that Hasbro made. Like, they're not available because of copyright mm. stuff. But War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron, if you can get those anywhere, those are phenomenal games. I got Fall of Cybertron on Steam before it was unlisted, so I just got it permanently now, which I'm very thankful for. Fall of Cybertron's a phenomenal game, so is War for Cybertron. I can't play War for Cybertron, though, because it's only for PS3. It was for Steam, but it got unlisted. And, and my Before P- you can grab it. Yeah, in my play. Well, I grabbed Fall of Cybertron on Steam because I had it for PlayStation Three, but my PlayStation Three couldn't run it for some reason. It would it would always freeze when I tried to run it. Interesting. Uh, I think my PlayStation Three was low key broken. I think that was a part of it. But now my PlayStation Three is broken for real, so I can't play anything on it. Obviously. So I can't play I can't play War for Cybertron because it's no longer available for purchase anywhere. I can only play Fall of Cybertron. Fall of Cybertron's better, but I miss War for Cybertron. Neither of them are available anywhere, but if you can find them some way, I would highly recommend playing those. They're great games. And then, um, 
I mean, nothing else is really notable. There's the Robots in Disguise 2015. Yep. That's actually... Yeah, that, Prime also you didn't mention. Well, because we, we've been talking about we've it. We've been talking about it, so that's... Yeah. That Prime, Prime is phenomenal. It is a great show. I would highly recommend it. It is like the... So, I'm not a huge fan of Avatar The Last Airbender, but I know everyone is. Like, people love the crap out of Avatar The Last Airbender. I would say Transformers Prime is like the last airbender of Transformers. Like, that is the... the Avatar The Last Airbender TV show? Yeah, of Transformers. Not the movie? No, not the movie. We don't talk about the movie. Sure. Um, I grew up with Transformers Prime. Transformers Prime is actually how I became friends with a... There's a, I talked about him last night. We cut that section out of the last Your, night's um, episode. Vietnamese friend? Yeah, I have a Vietnamese friend. I'll leave him nameless for the sake of this. But um, I met him in middle school. And Transformers Prime was part of how we bonded. And at this point, I have known him for half my life. So tra I have Transformers Prime to thank for having him as a friend. And it's just a phenomenal show. That show really, like, that was a really reliable show to, for me to have in middle school. Um, it's a phenomenal one. I love it so much. Yeah, what year did that show come out? It came out in 2010, and I think it ran... I think it ended in 2013. Let's see. Wait. Robots in the Sky. Uh, you were in middle school? Yeah, I was in college. Yeah, it, it ran from 2010 to 2013, and yes, I was in middle school in 2010. Yes. I was in high school then, and I was... 2010 was my junior to senior year. Okay. I, um... I graduated in 11. Yeah. What year did you graduate again? I graduated in 17. Gosh. <laughs> um, but... So, I hope people heard that. Like, I, I say, like, gosh, I'm old, but the thing he's is... He's old! In my friend group, I'm one of the oldest. Yeah. In, in our, like, little tight friend group that we have, um, the only person I think that's older than us is our Jewish friend from Philly. That, that's older than me, because, like, I'm also... Is he? Yeah, he's the only one older than me. I didn't know that. Yeah, his wife is uh, a little bit younger than me. Uh, and then uh, Pastor's um, sister is a little bit younger than me. Okay. She's like two or three weeks younger than me. Okay, I know who you're talking about. And then her and one of the other Lucases um, is, uh, they have the same birthday. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to try and pull it off of talking about people we know so we don't actually yeah, name them. Back to, um, there was... Back to Transformers. Yeah, so Prime's Phenomenal. A sequel series came out in 2015 called Robots in Disguise. It's abysmal. I hate it. It, it, it spits on Transformers Prime. That does not deserve to be in the same universe as Transformers Prime. Mm -hmm. Especially because Transformers Prime, it ran for three seasons. It was supposed... The showrunners had planned for four seasons. Mm -hmm. um, it got canceled in season three because it was super expensive. Here's an idea. I said it's a beautiful show. The animation's gorgeous. It cost a million dollars per episode to produce. On Prime? Yeah, Transformers Prime cost a million dollars to produce back in 2010, and that is entirely because of the CGI. That was entirely animation. Yeah. So it, it was like the most expensive thing that Hasbro had ever produced, aside from movies, I guess, in terms of TV. It's like the most expensive thing it ever produced. And the showrunners, what Hasbro does with a lot of their stuff is they will work with the show and tell them what toys they're going to be making so that the show can promote it. And the people who made Transformers Prime basically ignored them because they wanted to tell their story. 
And so because they weren't working with Hasbro, Hasbro shut them down early, which that should also be an endorsement of the show. They were more interested in telling stories than, than selling toys. Mm-hmm. That was part of it, but they were more interested in the story. But so the way it goes is the first two seasons are all what the showrunners wanted to do. Season three is not what they wanted to do. They had to rewrite it entirely because Hasbro forced them to. Yeah. See, season three is still good. I still recommend it. It's good. But it is kind of sad knowing when you watch it that that's not what they originally wanted, but it's still very good. And then it got canceled after season three. They wanted it. They were planning four seasons, and they didn't get that. And that's why I'm extra... I get extra annoyed at Robots in Disguise because it claims to be a sequel, and it's just... Not... This is it's like this is what you canceled Transformers Prime for, and most people in the Transformers fandom do not respect Robots in Disguise. If they do respect it at all, they just respect it as something that kids like, like something that appeals to children a little yeah, bit. It's, oh, it's for kids. But I I have I have kept track on all of the different stuff that has come out of Transformers since Prime. I really have because I'm always looking for something that can be as good as Prime because I li- I like this franchise genuinely. Yeah. Nothing they have produced. And everybody, like, obviously, everybody knows Optimus. Yeah. Optimus, everybody. Optimus is, like, Optimus is, he, to me, he's not he's not on the same level, but to me, he's coming up to the same level as a character, like, characters like Spider-Man and Batman and Superman. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, literally he's, Batman and Superman. Yeah, he's really recognizable. And, dude. Like, everybody roots for Optimus just like they root for Batman. Yeah, dude, like, Peter Cullen, the guy who voices Optimus in the movies. Ugh. It's not fair that he has that voice, and I don't. <laughs> that is an amazing voice. <laughs> I want his voice. I do Can want I, his like, voice. get a transplant just of his voice? Before time began, there was the cube. The cube. Autobots, roll out. I can't do it. I wish I could. Autobots, roll out. I I can't even do it either. Peter Cullen's one of my favorite. By the way, Peter Cullen, voice of Optimus Prime, also voiced Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Wait, wait. Original or the movie? I think yes. Oh, bother. Yeah. And he did the vocal effects for Predator. So if you ever watch the Predator movies, all that those clicking sounds that the Predators make, that's Optimus. The more you know. That's kind of scary to think of. Dude, I know, right? Yeah. Anyway, what were we going with this? Okay, so we were talking about Transformers and how, like, we wanted to say, who do you think is the most chattiest of chads in the Michael Bay universe? Uh, in the Michael Bay universe, so I'm going to go ahead and pull up... And we were talking about... uh, Then you expounded upon, like, how... Like, if you... Honestly, think only in the Michael Bay universe, uh, that's where Transformers is. You're missing out. So that's where we were. Yeah. Which, by the way, I like the first three Michael Bay movies, but you're missing out if you only watch those. Because there's so much more to Transformers. There is a lot. It is insane how much Transformers there is. And when I say so much more, I mean so much more quality. Yes. Specifically. Uh, Um, Because there are a few things that are, like, continuity rules that they just, like take liberty on themselves and they don't stick because there are so many comics as well like you have oh yeah the so many comics well yeah right now we're just talking about like the um film movies in the show yeah the film and television medium but if you go to the comics there's even more so like my hard recommendation to anyone who wants to get into transformers comics which i know that's a that's a low probability with anyone who listens to this 
my hard recommendation for anyone who would like, like I'm looking to, I, I'm because I, I want to give Transformers a shot in the comic book form. What do you recommend? I would recommend Transformers More Than Meets the Eye by James Roberts. That is a phenomenal comic run. It is More Than Meets the Eye by James Roberts is actually my favorite bit of Transformers media. Period. Mm -hmm. It's better than Prime. It's just, it's not a TV show. Yeah. Um, You have to deal with that sadness. Yeah. I would not recommend Transformers The Lost Light by James Roberts, which is a sequel to More Than Meets the Eye. That is one of the most disappointing. It is not the worst Transformers story. It's not by any means. Like, Transformers 5, Michael Bay's Transformers 5 is way worse than Lost Light, but... I, the amount of hype I had for that series that was just let down by it, I don't yeah. know. There are very few things that let me down more than Lost Light. And Lost Light, it's not it's not terrible, but it's not good. It is. I would firmly say it is, it is in the bad camp. And I think more than meets the eye, Lost Light was written as a sequel to it, so you kind of can't get the full story without Lost Light. But you do kind of get a resolution if you only eat read more than meets the eye it's not a very satisfying resolution but it's better that i would argue it's better than what you get in lost light Mm -hmm. so i would say just read more than meets the eye by james roberts now in addition to that any transformers comic that is written by either simon Furman or nick roach any of those i would recommend and those are my hard recommendations for the comic books james roberts more than meets the eye and anything that simon Furman and nick roach write read those Hard recommendation for those. So. So, I pulled up... Back to the question of best Transformers character in the movies. I pulled up all five of Michael Bay's movies. And I did that specifically so that I can just get rid of Transformers 4 and Transformers 5. Obviously. Just for the satisfaction... like, for me... Just for the satisfaction of saying I'm not even considering those. So... Because 5 is terrible. 4 is a guilty pleasure... But five is abjectly horrible. I the, hated that. Look, for movie. me, I I say I haven't watched four in quite some time, and the yeah. only thing I really liked about four was the inclusion of the Dinobots. But that's it. Like I me still, Grimlock. Like really, uh, the Dinobots were significantly smarter than the show played them off to be, because the show just played them off to be savage beasts. You mean the movie? Oh, yeah, the movie. Yeah, the movie showed them off to be that way, and so. Yeah, and the, the Dinobots, actually, like, if you were going to balloon this out to the entire franchise, like, once one of the, like, most giga-chad Transformers out there, I would say G1 Grimlock. Yeah, G1 Grimlock. G1 great. Grimlock is great. He's fat. Yeah. He's fat with a PH. He is <laughs> really great. And he's great in Fall of Cybertron. He's a playable character in Fall in the Fall of Cybertron. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember you showing me that. And the Fall of Cybertron campaign, and it feels so good. Cause he, cause the way his the way his gameplay works in Fall of Cybertron is like he's basically the way Dinobot the Dinobots origins is different in every continuity because like obviously Transformers turning into dinosaurs which are like actual organic beasts that's not the norm they're supposed to transform into mechanical stuff yeah so their origins are always different in Fall of Cybertron which actually Fall of Cybertron and War for Cybertron are set in the same universe as Prime they're prequels to Prime oh I didn't know that which is really neat to me I'm not aware of that at all but um mind you though I am I I am very shallow when it comes to like Transformers in general like not shut up (laughs) (laughs) I I'm very I'm not in deep water like dove deep into like the rabbit hole or anything of that nature when it comes to Transformers I know it 
I know enough to have a decent conversation with somebody when it comes to Transformers. And so, like, the fact that we've been able to dive this deep is because of his love, not mine. Yeah. Um, and oh, actually, going franchise-wide again, biggest Chad, you got Gr- you got G1 Grimlock in the running. Any ver- Almost any version of Optimus, I would argue, gets in there because it's Optimus. Yeah. And specifically, Transformers Prime's version of Soundwave. Soundwave was not lizard, uh, not giant worm man in the Michael Bay movie. That's Shockwave. That's Shockwave. Okay. Shockwave's the Cyclops. Soundwave is the. Soundwave is the one who talks like this. Yes. And has the all the pet ravage, ravages yes. and laser beaks and all of them. Yes. Soundwave in Transformers Prime is another one I would put in there. He was based on Boba Fett. His oh. characterization. So. Uh, there's a running thing in Transformers Prime where he never talks. If he wants to talk to you, what he does is he records everyone who's around him, and he'll play back what they say. So basically, whenever he wants to speak, he'll play recordings of other people talking. And he is basically on... Soundwave was the car. In the third movie. Okay, okay, that's who you were talking about. Okay, I was like... I kept wanting to... Say it was the helicopter in one. No, that's Blackout, which is yeah. actually funny. That was originally going to be Soundwave, um, but they decided not to include him in the first movie. I always thought he was called Soundwave, but no, it's, his it's name Blackout. Is, his yeah. name is Blackout. He was originally going to be Soundwave, but they cut Soundwave. Yeah. Um, what was I going on? So, in Soundwave and Transformers Prime, he's... <laughs> so, his thing is that he always stays behind. He's like the... He's sort of like the scientist sort of coordinator... Like, he coordinate. he's the strategist for the Decepticons, so he doesn't go out on the front lines. Yeah, obviously. But there's a running gag where anytime he does get into he's, a fight... He's Joseph Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> anytime he does get into a fight, he trounces everyone who, like, fights against him. Like, he is actually, uh, he's, like, actually undefeated other than Optimus Prime. Yeah. Like, super good. Uh, I could go on forever about Soundwave and Prime. He's, I really like him. Um, but... So we're talking Michael Bay movies. Yeah, Michael Bay movies. Um, so, obviously, you have to say Soundwave. Not the movie version. Shockwave. No, not the movie version. Dude, not not movie version. Shockwave. Movie like I I thought it was cool. They brought in the giant worm. I think I think the giant worm is cool, but like uh, I, the, Shockwave himself isn't a character. It's like Shockwave and the worm. It's just not yeah. just Shockwave. Because Shockwave doesn't really do anything. Yeah, Shockwave doesn't really do anything except get killed by Optimus, which, to be fair, that is a Chad move. If you're, if you're going to get killed by someone, get killed by Optimus, but, yeah. you know. Um, Let it be the one guy who can kill you. You know, I kind of like I kind of like Starscream because he's such a meme in the movies. <laughs> like, I'm... Megatron! I live to serve Megatron! Yeah. Thought you, thought you were one of us, boy! <laughs> I love Starscream so much. Oh, wait, I remember in the third movie when Star- when Starscream's, like, trying to kill Sam, and he's, like, chasing him around and, like, trying to scare him, he goes, I just love the way your little insect feet run. Yes. <laughs> he's such a meme, and I love it. Um, he's not Chad, obviously, but I like, no. I like Starscream a lot in the movie. Who was the massive, like, construction equipment dude in the beginning of 2? Oh, that was, I believe his name is Scaven, no, Demolisher. Okay. I can see why you think of him, because he's massive. But no, he, I mean, I was just like, he just came to mind, I was like, who in the world was that? I yeah. don't even remember his name. Yeah, that was Demolisher. 
Um, let's see. I, I like... So, actually, unironically, the, the helicopter you brought up from the first movie, he's in the running. Because he is pretty freaking cool. He like He's really cool. He's got a really awesome design. That scene of him attacking the base in the very first movie, uh, at the very beginning... Sosa? Soxen. Soxen, yeah. Yeah, the the very first scene of the first movie where he attacks that base is one of the best scenes in, in, in all of the movies. Mm -hmm. That's a great scene. Definitely. So Blackout would definitely be in the running. If we're just going from movies. Um, For me, personally, just from the movies. There's also... I, th I think Bone Crusher was kind of cool, but... I mean, he's cool, but... They really didn't do anything with him, yeah, so like the, him. he's immediately out of it. He, he's like he's like Shockwave. He got killed by Optimus, which again, Chad move. Good Chad. person to get killed by, but <laughs> Chad. I like Ironhide. I like Ironhide a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's the fact that he wanted to like shoot. Was it um, Sam or whoever? Yeah, in the first movie when the Autobots first arrive on Earth, uh, Ironhide legit wants to kill Sam's parents because he thinks they're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> the, the parents are very annoying. Shall I terminate? And Optimus goes, I Ironhide, you know we do not harm humans. What is with you? He goes, I was just suggesting that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, Ironhide has one of my favorite scenes in the third movie, too, because Ironhide, this is something that carries over from every version of Ironhide. Every version of Ironhide is super old. Like, older than Iron... Oh, well, not every version. The inner John version of Ironhide is not super old. He's a rookie. I don't mm -hmm. like that version of him at all. 99% of the ver different versions of Ironhide are all super old. Yeah. Like, old enough to consider Optimus a sun-type figure to them. Okay. Old enough to be super protective of Optimus, not just because they respect him, but because they see him as, like, a surrogate son. They're all super old. And because of that, most versions of Ironhide will give Optimus lip. Because they because they think of him like uh, like a surrogate son. And Listen here, boy. Yeah, and they'll treat him and like they'll treat him with respect, but they'll also give him lip if they don't like what he has to say. Now, I, and Iron, there's a scene with Ironhide and Optimus in the third movie where Optimus has discovered something that the humans kept secret from him, and he's not been speaking to anyone. And a bunch of government people come up, arrive to see Optimus, and they're telling them that Optimus hasn't been talking to anyone. And they go, so what is so what is this? The robot silent treatment? And Ironhide goes, We've seen that, and this is not that. This is worse. And Optimus is sitting there in vehicle mode, just sort of sitting in the middle of a hangar, and Ironhide wa walks up to him and knocks him on the hood of his truck and goes, Prime! Make something of yourself! <laughs> and then Optimus transforms. And I love that scene, because that is Optimus's relationship with with Ironhide. Ironhide loves Optimus. He respects Optimus. He, Optimus is one of the only people he does respect. Yeah. But, Opti but on the flip side, Ironhide's one of the only people who's allowed to like give Optimus lip. lip. Optimus. Yeah. And uh, also, what I do like is when he like knocks Optimus on the hood and says, "Prime, make something of yourself." Optimus starts transforming, and you can hear Ironhide in the background just go, "He's pissed." <laughs> <laughs> so, pause real quick on this. One of our friends, who we're actually planning on having as a guest here okay. soon, sent me an image. And the image was, guess that Transformer. And he showed me a picture <laughs> Let me of one of these Transformers. Oh, I know exactly who that is. Who is it? That's Soundwave from the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's his... That was a big meme when that toy came out, when people were like, it's Soundwave, and he transforms into a brick. Yeah. That's a literal brick with a couple guns on the side. 
But so, yeah, so honestly, like, I think on, we both agree. I, I I will say I want to discount Optimus and Megatron from the running for this at all. Because obviously, they're the because obvious they're like, choices. Yes. So I feel like honestly, both me and you agree with this. One character who was Chad esque and got done so dirty was Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Jazz is a really cool character in every version. Jazz is another one where he's not like a he's. So if Ironhide's like an uncle figure to everyone and especially to Optimus, Jazz is like the gangster nephew. No, Jazz. <laughs> well, Jazz is like Optimus's gangster friend. So something I really like is in a, a novelization. This is how much I was into Transformers in middle school. I was reading books. Like Transformers books, and there was a Transformers book I read in middle school called Transformers Exodus, which is a novel adaptation of the War for Cybertron video game. Okay. And what it does is it gives extra backstory to the war, so it tells you everything that led up to the war. So it gives you backstory because War for Cybertron is just the war, and it's about Optimus becoming Prime in the middle of the war. War for Cybertron is about. Op oh, okay. That's when that occurs. Okay. Yeah. War for Cyber... Not War for Cyber... Transformers Exodus is... The first half of that is about Optimus and Megatron before the war going about their lives and how Megatron becomes radicalized into a Decepticon leader and everything like that. And... Where's I going with Isn't oh. this storyline of that situation... Megatron wanted to be like a political leader and they instead chose Optimus? Sort of. So what happened is in the... And this has become the default backstory. This is how popular this backstory was in Transformers Prime. It was also a backstory that was used in the comics at the time, which was actually a complete coincidence. They both had the same idea. Yeah. Um, and it just became a back, a common backstory that all Transformers stuff uses now, which is that Meg, in the Cybertron pre-war was like a cast system. The, alt, the vehicle mode you're born with, born, quote-unquote, forged yeah. with, will determine your status and what kind of citizen you are in Cybertron. So if you turn into like a tank or something like that, what you do is your ship is your you're basically become slave labor and you're shipped off to one of Cybertron's moons to harvest fuel. If you're if you're like a if you're like a motorcycle or something like that, you usually work in the police force. If you're a jet or something like that, you'll usually be a scientist or something of that nature. Um, Optimus in pre-war was named orion pax that was his name before he became a prime uh, and orion pax was a basically a librarian he was a what was called he was a data clerk which just means librarian on in cybertron speak and in exodus jazz was actually one of optimus's orion pax's friends okay and so that's what jazz is more like jazz isn't the nephew or the uncle or anything like that jazz Jazz is the dude who, like, Jazz is the dude who's been friends with you since before your rock band got big. Oh, he was he was the friend in the back who was always your roadie or something about. Yeah, he was your he was your roadie before you got big, and so Jazz also has like back talk privileges. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ironhide talks back because he's a grumpy old man. Jazz talks back because he's like, bro, he's like, bro, I knew you before you blew up. <laughs> like, we're cool. Don't. Like don't don't be treating don't treat me like crap, bro. Which Optimus wouldn't, because Optimus no. doesn't treat anyone like crap. But Jazz is like, is like, don't even think for a second that I won't like back talk you for the stuff you say, dude. Yeah, and the fact that they did him so dirty, where they just like rip him in half. Yeah, I think that's a cool death. But so here's the thing: it, it was too quick. Yeah. Well, this is the thing: they thought they were only gonna make the one movie. 
So that's why they killed Jazz off because they were like, I'm, like I'm sure they should have killed Bumblebee. Honestly, I kind of feel the same way. I'm not a big fan of Bumblebee. He's way too overused. Hey, hey, unpopular opinion. They should have called. They should have killed Bumblebee. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of Bumblebee. Like I've said it before, the Bumblebee movie that came out. That's a really good movie. I like the Bumblebee movie. You I'm, only like it for like the very beginning scene, though. <laughs> no, I like the whole thing. Okay. Um, the the opening scene is what like makes me love it. But I would have liked it. What regardless. was the name of the one character they added? They were like, you could tell like the people who were making this I'll, love this movie. Was I'll, it? I'll get to that in a minute. But I'll also say I also really like it for Haley Steinfeld. Mm, obviously, you yeah. would. Um, the character that character um, is Braun. Braun is a very minor Autobot. Like, so for reference, Braun is like so. This will be timely. the The next Ant Man three from Marvel is coming out this month. Uh-huh. And it's got a character in it named Modok. Modok, yes. Yeah, Modok. I, I would argue that's kind of what Braun is. Modok is like if you are a Marvel fan, you know Modok because yeah. Modok's not a Marvel like not a minor character. But if you're not a Mar, but if you're not a Marvel fan, if you are only into the movies, if you're a normie who only watches the movies, you're not going to know who Modok is. Yeah, that is the kind of character Braun is. If you are into like the movies even if you're into something like transformers prime because braun is not used in a whole lot of stuff because he was just never a super popular character but like if you've watched transformers prime or anything like that you you've got to to know who braun is you have to have like either watched the original 80s cartoon or to have read a whole lot of the transformers comics that have come out over the years to have known anything about him yeah you've got to be in the fandom and he was in the Bumblebee movie in that Cybertron scene, and he's like got a G one accurate. G one means the original series in the eighties. Yep. That and G- that's that's an official, generation one. Yeah, that's an official term that that like Hasbro uses. Generation one refers to all the eighties stuff. Braun is a generation one character from the eighties, and you have to watch either that original generation one stuff, or there are comics today that are set in the generation one continuity and stuff like that. You have to either read stuff set in that continuity or read comics that are based on that continuity to know who Braun is. You cannot know who Braun is if you just watch the Bay movies or if you just watch the newer TV shows. Because Braun's not in any of the new TV shows. You've got to if you want to You gotta dive for it. Yeah. If you want to like consume new stuff like recently made transformer stuff it's got to be the comics if you're going to know braun for me i feel braun is more or less like i feel braun is more like further down than modok would be because modok is actually a, a fairly prevalent he yeah, shows up in a couple different things yeah that's, that's i'm saying modok modok is on a higher tier you know Whereas, i was like braun i agree braun's more like mephisto okay that would be a good one then because I couldn't think of... You're absolutely right. It would be like Mephisto. I was just trying to think of a good example. So, like, anyone listening to this who doesn't know who Mephisto is, that's because you don't read Marvel comics. And it's the same with Braun. If I only know about it because I've studied <coughs> Marvel stuff. Yeah. And so it's the same with, with Braun. So, when Braun showed up in Bumblebee in that Cybertron scene with a Generation 1 accurate design, I immediately, immediately knew someone who worked on this movie loves Transformers and they specifically love Braun because there is no reason for anyone to put Braun in this movie and make him look like he did in G1 unless they like him specifically. Now, who and is... that is too specific to be faked. Yes. That is like, 
J.J. Abrams naming Han and Leia's son Ben Solo after Ben Kenobi, that is a fake fan thing. Because yeah. Han and Leia would never name their son after Ben. They would have named ben. him Cade. No, they would. I, I legit, if I had made Force Awakens, this is how you know that I'm a real Star Wars fan. This wasn't actually my idea. This was a friend of mine's idea, okay. but I think it's a brilliant idea. I would have named Han and Leia's son Bale after Bale Organa, Leia's foster dad, ba Bale Solo instead of Ben Solo. That is the true fan thing to do. The fake fan thing is, oh, everyone knows Ben Kenobi, and so we're going to name Han and Leia's son Ben, ben Solo. That's fake fan. They never would have done that. Ben... Anyone naming their kid after Ben Kenobi, it's Luke. Honestly, that's more like a cash grab. It's Luke naming his son Ben Skywalker. That that is the that is the thing to be done. If you're gonna name any of their kids after Ben, it's gotta be Luke's kid, which is why the EU did that before Disney scrapped it. Yes. Well so like in so the that is, a, like, no, in extended universe it was actually Cade Skywalker. No. No, that's Kate Skywalker, I know what you're talking about. I've read that comic book series. That's that's Star Wars Legacy. That is set 150 years after. Oh yes, yes. My after bad, my bad. I'm I'm really far out. Yeah, Luke's son was Ben Skywalker, and then there was a generation that's not accounted for. There's no stories about him, and it goes Luke Skywalker, Ben Skywalker, Ben's son who never got a name, Cole Skywalker, Kate Skywalker. Okay. Or. There might be an extra I, I get the timeline mixed up sometimes I mean, no. with Star Wars, but I do like Extended Universe more than what Disney's got yeah. to hold up. By the way, anyone listening to this, if you want a good Star Wars sequel, and I mean like, so everyone talks about uh, the Thrawn trilogy, like the Veiled Threat and all that stuff. They say that's a, they see that as the sequel trilogy. I don't. Because I know that George Lucas's idea for the Star Wars trilogies was like the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy. He was planning a sequel trilogy. That's pretty common knowledge now. George and Lucas, Disney scrapped every single bit of it. Yeah, they scrapped every bit of it. But George Lucas's idea was always that each... Not always, because George Lucas's idea, once he had crystallized all of it, he had early ideas. Like at one point, he actually wanted to just make a whole bunch of movies all about Luke. So, like, he, he had said at one point that he wanted Star Wars to be an anthology story. So, every movie would just be a different adventure that Luke had. Which, honestly, I feel like they could have done that and it would have been fantastic. They could have. But then when he made Empire Strikes Back, uh, when he was when they were redrafting it, which is what you do with stories you redraft and, mm -hmm. and go back and edit stuff, he had the idea to make Darth Vader Luke's dad. And when he had that idea, he realized he liked that a whole lot. And he liked the idea of making this a father-son story about Anakin's redemption. And from then on, he scrapped the idea of it all being about Luke. And he said, I... And he decided that he wanted to start telling stories about the entire family. Which is how you get the prequel trilogy about Anakin. Mm -hmm. And then the... OG's. Then you have Padme in there. Yeah, and you got and the. Then you have Obi Wan and yeah. Luke, and you've got the original trilogies about Luke. And George Lucas has said since then, since he like got his idea for the prequels, and he finished he finished the OT. He did the prequels, and he wanted he said that he if he did a sequel trilogy, he'd want it to be about be about Luke and Leia's children. So the idea was, once it was fully crystallized, was each trilogy is about a different generation of Skywalkers. Exactly. Which is why, even though I respect, I've never read the Thrawn trilogy books. I hear they're great. I, they're, they're supposedly fantastic. Yeah, I hear they're great. The reason why I don't really s see them as a as like the sequel trilogy to go to instead of Disney's is because be you're following Lucas's original line. Well, because there's that that the, that trilogy of book 
books is still about Luke and Leia. Mm. It's about the same generation. I have read the trans... I keep saying transports. The Star Wars Legacy comics, which are about Luke's great-great-grandson or great-great-great-grandson. I don't know how many generations there it's are. It's one of them. But the Transformers leg... Transformers... Star Wars, I keep getting it mixed up because there's a Transformers toy line out right now called Transformers Legacy. That's why I'm getting them mixed oh, up. Oh, okay. So Star Wars Legacy is about Luke's great-great-grandson, Cade Skywalker. And it is about Cade's, um, basically, a new order of Sith arises. And basically, what happens, the premise... Is that, is that Darth Crate time period? Yeah, Darth Crate okay. is the main villain of that. And it's about Darth Crate creates a new Sith order... And they and instead of using the rule of two, like yeah, he, which was established with uh, yeah, he makes a, Bane. It, it gets to the rule of one. No, he makes an entire order of Sith. Oh, okay, he's got just a whole like d- a dozen Sith that he. So I, if I so, understood correctly, they changed the rule in his time period. Well, no, it's because so he would be like the supreme ruler, and then all the other Sith would be underneath. Him. Sort of, and it, part of that's because Darth Krayt used to be a Jedi, so mm-hmm. he he doesn't care about the Sith code. He's just evil. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, and Darth, so the premise is Darth Crate. I don't, I don't remember all of it because it's been a year or two since I read the comic. Sure. But the premise is it basically starts with another Order 66 situation where Darth Crate and the Sith and a bunch of people who, who, like, are loyal to them kill a whole, kill all of the Jedi, like, 90% of the Jedi Order that Luke Skywalker started. So they yes. kill a whole bunch of the Jedi. Cade is one of the survivors. And he basically swears off the force because his dad died in the massacre and all that. And he becomes a bounty hunter. And so, fast forward to him as an adult. He's working. He's a, basically working as a force-sensitive bounty hunter. And it's all about... Cade develops... Cade actually becomes one of the first people in history to develop force healing. Which is done good in Star Wars Legacy... It is not done the way that it is done. I was about to say, where are you going with this, Henry? Because you're like, it says done good. I was like, uh, yeah. what? So in Star Wars, in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, force healing is just something that Jedi can do now. It was never like developed. It was just like, oh, it's a thing now. Yeah, and it was never explained why why other Jedi didn't have it. So that's the big criticism. If you introduce a new power, you've got to explain why it's never showed up before. Because mm-hmm. like, if... Jedi can force heal. Why didn't Obi-Wan force heal Qui-Gon when he got stabbed? If Jedi can force heal, why didn't... I mean, quite frankly, why didn't Anakin force heal himself after he got burned on Mustafar? If Jedi Jedi can force heal, why didn't... Well, it's because he was a Sith at that point. He couldn't force heal. That isn't... I'm just just throwing out some devil's advocate argument. Don't worry, I'm not trying to defend... Yeah. Um, if, if, um... I've already let that ship sail. If okay. Jedi's can force heal, why didn't Obi-Wan force heal Anakin in Episode 2 after Dooku cut his, um, arm, arm off? Yeah. All that stuff. Or why didn't he force heal himself when he got nabbed in the leg by Dooku? And there's no explanation for it in the movies. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna throw out some, um, advocate, advocate of stuff. People will argue, well, um, the Jedi didn't want people to learn it. But, like, the Jedi didn't want people to learn it because it's, like, corrupts you or something like that. It's like, that's not in the movie. They never say that. They never explain that. Yeah, they, they never well, do that. Yeah, and they say, well, the Jedi did, just chose not to teach it. It's like, why wouldn't they? I, there was some explanation someone tried to come up with for why it wasn't a thing. I think they said that, um... Oh! They said that, um... There was... Someone tried to make the explanation that force healing is something that was learned from the ain't sacred Jedi texts on that island that Luke was on. And basically, that Luke, she didn't even read them. 
Well, that's a, there's that, and there was also that they the argument is that Luke was the first Jedi to find that island in forever, which is why no Jedi knew how to do Force healing until Rey got the books. But there's she never read any of the books. Well, there's the there's also a line in Star Wars: The Last Jedi when Yoda burns the sacred Jedi text, Force Ghost Yoda, because Force Ghost can use lightning for some reason. Force ghosts can use the force. Why aren't force ghosts helping in fights if they can use the force to fight people? Um, when Yoda burns the books and Luke's like, but the, but the sacred Jedi texts! Yoda's response is, hmm, read them, did you? Page turners, they were not. Confirmation that Yoda had read the text before. Yeah, and he did not have force healing. Yeah. So, and then there, and then, so there's just... There, there are so many... I, I don't even have, like, the mental bandwidth right now to go over all why I hate Force Healing in the sequel trilogy. But we did a little bit. Like, it, if it is a thing, it should have been showing up in all the other movies because yeah. the Jedi would have known it. Now, in Star Wars Legacy, it introduces the, the idea that Cade has, can for, heal people with the Force. Yeah. Two things are... There are two explanations. There are two rules about Force Healing in Star Wars Legacy that make it work. One... It is like a once-in-a-generation type thing. It is some, Only one person can have it in the, a, a generation? Well, it's like the Chosen One type thing. You okay. need to have an ungodly midi-chlorian level. You need to be ungodly powerful do you to do it. Pause right here. So not, do like, you remember? Li- hold on. It literally, it's not something you could be... It's not something that any Jedi can learn. You've got to be like ungodly powerful just you gotta be out. skywalker line is yeah you is. gotta be basically a skywalker to do it you remember hearing every i don't know about you when i was a kid i remember hearing about the crap with midi chlorians and how people were like oh it's such bullcrap the first like first star wars movie so bullcrap man like midi chlorians and they talked about how bad it was. <laughs> and the thing is this, after the sequel trilogy came... Huge incels. After The Last Jedi came out, immediately, no longer, did they speak about midichlorian issues. Yeah, I just never... In the prequel series, the prequel trilogy was fine yeah well here's the thing um i've never understood the hate for midichlorians the argument i usually hear is they say it turns the force into something biological instead of something mystical mm-hmm. and they would argue people really misunderstand the prequels for some reason it baffles the mind like it boggles yeah. my mind the like, first movie was all about like um uh, like diplomatic stuff well what people say um is and they they say this to make they say this to praise the last Jedi's. The prequels turned into a biological thing. You got to come from an important family, and the last Jedi tells you that a good that a Jedi can come from anywhere. Bull, crap. Yeah. Um. So what they say is they don't like that. Like, they say they don't like that the Force is tied to bloodlines, and that they blame the prequels for that in midichlorians. I hate to tell you, man. Return of the Jedi. The Force is strong in my family. I have it, my father has it, and my sister has it. That's in Return of the Jedi. That is Luke talking about how Leia being a Skywalker, the daughter of Darth Vader, the brother of Luke, a Skywalker means that she has... Sister of Luke. Did I say that? You said brother of Luke. Oh, the sister of Luke Skywalker (laughs) makes her... I didn't know that there was a such thing as an androgynous Star Wars character, but here we go. Gives her the ability to be... 
to be like be a Jedi. Mm -hmm. It is confirmed in the OT that your bloodline is tied to whether or not you can use the Force. Now, the prequel trilogy, here's the thing. People say that the prequel trilogy made it all about bloodlines. They say, like, like the sequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy made it so that, like, anyone can be a Jedi. Now, you don't have to be a Skywalker or a Windu or a Solo or anything like that. I'm like, oh, really? The prequel trilogy said that you have to be a, a Skywalker or Solo or a Windu. Really, is that what the prequel trilogy said? Well, I'm gonna type. I'm just gonna start typing names into Google. Uh, Yarrow Poof. Uh, is this long neck freaking dude? Yeah. Uh, apparently, this dude is a, a Skywalker. Apparently, according to people who didn't uh, watch the prequels. Uh, Caddy Monday. Uh, 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 Kit, Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto. Uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano. Uh, uh, Kit Fisto. Squid Face Guy. He's a Skywalker, apparently. This is the thing, dude. I, Shock T. I get just as... I get just as pissed off listening to discourse about the prequels as I do about the sequels. Because no one understands the prequels mm -hmm. for some reason. They think that the prequels... They think that the prequels confirmed that you have to be Anakin Scott. You have to be, like... Anakin Skywalker has to be your has to be like your dad, or he ha he has to be like your dad or your uncle or your second cousin once removed for you to use the Force at all. That is not the point of the prequels. The point of the OT and the prequels, both of them together, the point is if you are related to someone who is a powerful Force user, then you're probably you are more than likely going to be a powerful Force user. The same way where if you're if you are related to someone who is like a talented musician, you're probably going to be a talented musician because there is something... Or you're at least going to be a musician. Yeah, there is something in your DNA that helps you be more adept at music specifically because... Not because... Not because of like you being not because you being related to your parents makes you a good musician. It's because your parents, whatever it is in them that makes them a naturally gifted musician is something you're going to inherit. Yeah. Because, mu because like music... And sports and all that, you can train at it. You can train at it, you can practice, and you can get good at it. But there are people like Michael Jordan who are just born to play basketball. There are people like Tim Henson who are just born to play to guitar. Shred a freaking guitar. Yeah, there are people like Tim Henson and John Frushanti and Jimi Hendrix who are born to play guitars. There are people like Flea who are born to play the bass. There are people like, who's a good singer? Do not say someone from heavy metal. Why not? Okay. I will throw names out. Okay, good singer. Prince. Yeah. Prince. Prince was fantastic. Yeah, he was a great, great guitarist, great songwriter, and was a great singer. He sold many records. Yeah, and I will say, like, Prince and David Bowie, people like them. Michael Jackson as well. Michael Jackson, yeah. They, the reason they got to the level that they are at is because... they pushed and had a God-given talent. Yeah, that's the thing. You push and you, like, I'm a musician. You're a musician. Yeah. We both practice. I practice all the, I practice a lot. Well, I don't practice a lot. I play music a lot. Usually for me, it's playing the same songs over and over again because I like playing them. I don't play. Exactly. I don't play a whole lot of new stuff. I play music a lot. I like. I really enjoy it. There are some songs, like there are some songs that Flea plays for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like some bass lines. I'm a bassist. Where I I listen. He's to also it. a diehard Chili Peppers fan. I listen to it and I look at like a, a tab of the like the bass. Yeah. And I try to play it. And, like, there's some where, like, I've tried to play them. I tried over and over again, and I just can't. You're like the one droids in the. Phantom Menace, 
uh, that does not compute. Ah, oh, wait, uh, you're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just play it over and over again, and I can't get better at it. And, like, that is what I'm talking about. We're like, there there are some things, like, I'm really good. They are, there are a whole lot of Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff. I'm going to reference them because, like, Flea's one of the best Blades players, like, out right now. Actually, no. I'll use Victor Wooten as an example. Victor Wooten, yes. Victor Wooten. I can play a lot of the stuff Flea plays. There's a, there's some stuff that he's... What about Les Claypool from Primus? I've never... Les Claypool? Insane. Yeah, I've never tried to play his he's stuff. He's a slap. Yeah, I, I know. I've, I've just never played and tried to play any of his stuff. But, like, um, Flea... Flea is, like, the upper level of what I can do. Flea is, like, the upper level. Like, a bunch of his songs I can play, and I can play them well. There's some stuff he plays that I can't play. Victor Wooten is just on a level that I can't reach. So is Tim Henson. So is have, Michael Jordan. Like I have tried to play stuff that Victor Wooten has played, and I just can't. If you like, if you've ever like, if you're listening to this and you're interested, like, look up the lesson by Victor Wooten. The lesson. Yeah, that's the name of it. The lesson. We'll probably I'll probably show it to you after this. I can probably show it to you now. I doubt we're gonna get copyright struck for that. We can just do that. I really don't even have to hear it. I could just like see what is going on. Oh, okay, I could already tell you. <laughs> yeah, but, um... So, Victor Wooten, like, the lesson... I've tried playing it, I just can't. Um, and that's what I'm talking about... Before I lose it, because I, I will actually lose track of what I'm saying if I... Yes. If I you, we were talking about Star Wars, about how it's just, like, some people are just born Yeah, to some it. people are just born, and, like, Victor Wooten's one of those where, like, I... I... I am not bragging. I'm not being prideful. I have a natural gift for playing the bass, but my natural talent... My natural talent and the practice I put in tops out. It hits the glass ceiling like far, like the glass ceiling of my talent and like my practice is like two miles lower than the, than the concrete floor of, of Victor Wooten. Yeah, of Victor Wooten's talent. He is on a different, and that's what I'm talking about. That's what the force is like. You there there is natural talent that is tied to bloodlines yeah. with the force. However, a force user can come from anywhere. Just look at Kit Fisto, look at Shock T. Like Kit Fisto was amazing. He was one of my favorites in yeah. the original. Kit Fisto, the... Shock T, uh Yarrow Poof, Bolter Swan. I'm trying to go with EU stuff to show I'm not just um, a fake fan now. Um Eth Koth. Um What was the name of uh Sacy Teen? Well I mean oh, here is the most prime reference, okay? Oppo Rancisis. Revan. Sure. Darth Revan. Okay, literally. He was literally one of the most powerful force users. Oh, Starkiller. Starkiller. Heck yeah, dude. Not related to... Not no, related. tagging back to Sam Witwer. Yeah, to Sam Witwer. <laughs> yeah, Starkiller pulled up... Honestly, Starkiller's kind of OP. He's kind of ridiculous. Like, Yeah, he is... Very naturally born. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I mean is, like, he like Starkiller is actually too overpowered. Like, the, like there is some if, nerfing to it. If they were to bring him over into current... Con well, one, they shouldn't. No. Disney should not touch him. But if they were to bring him over into their new continuity... Clopoon. Clopoon's another Plo-coon. one. Plocoon. Plocoon. Yeah, Plocoon. They would need they would need to nerf Starkiller. That was the one I was like, I can't think of which one it is. It's, it's Plocoon. No, it's not. It's Plocoon. Plocoon. My bad. Plocoon. Speech impediment. Yeah, Plocoon, <laughs> Oppo Rincisis, um, like, Ad, Addy Galea, Kanan Jarrus, that's Disney. Canada. What was the name of... Cal um, Kestis. 
What was the name of the um, Twi'lek that was... Uh, Aayla Sakura. Yeah, Aayla Sakura, yeah. Uh, Quinlan Voss. <coughs> Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, it literally, there's like... By Dar- the, by Darth the Plagueis the Wise. Darth Plagueis the... Oh, freaking Palpatine! Yeah, Palpatine was a god, essentially. Freaking Papa Palpatine! Well, the, and the thing is this... I remember so many people crapping on episode one because they were like Jar Jar. You know, they crapped on the whole oh, dude, prequels. Four, force users, like, Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> but so they were like crapping all over um, the prequels because they were like Jar Jar is the reason why the sequel trilogy occurred. Uh, the prequel, the originals occurred. And I was like, uh, no. Look at the god that we have sitting over here named Palpatine. He changed people over to the dark side he was in plain freaking sight and he was using like force protection to prevent people outside of him from knowing who he was dude i will still argue to the day i die darth jar jar is a real thing i wish it was <laughs> so it, badly it is dude like, that'd be hilarious on our, on our like literally game. that is what people are like it's Darth Jar Jar he's the reason why the original trilogy occurred dude un- unironically unironically episode 9 so Luke look at me Epi- look at me Luke episode 9 as it exists changed nothing about it except Palpatine is replaced with Jar Jar with Darth Jar Jar and you know that'd be a pretty good movie <laughs> I, I, would, I would love that movie <laughs> I would still not like The Last Jedi, but I would unconditionally well, love... If you replace... I I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. If you replace that with... Miss, I've been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. Okie day. <laughs> you replace that? Everybody would go watch it just for the meme. Yeah. Misa Day, Misa Day starting off pretty okey day with a brisk morning munch and then BAM! Misa, Misa, see Palpy get ejected out of the Death Star okay. 2 and then Misa, Misa Day starting off again and then BAM! Snoke dead. You'll kill, you'll kill. Snoke dead. You'll kill him, Kylo. Kylo, that's a big, that's a big. Oh, that's a big doo-doo. That's a big doo-doo. That's a not, that's a not okey day at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a not okay day at all. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna name this episode now. <laughs> Neither do I. I, I was gonna. I thought we would be safe naming it the Transformers one, but the now, animated survival guide. Yeah, the, uh, but at the same time, now it's just like the nerd survival guide. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna have to do with this one. Okay, but so back to what we were originally talking about, Michael Bay stuff. Actually, you know what? No, I wasn't. No, I was not done with Cade Skywalker. We're going back to Cade. Okay, I am pro this because I love Star Wars so much. So, so there was the um, you got to be basically super powerful Anakin. You got to be like an Anakin level Force user in order to awesome. I'm just gonna set that right there. The complete saga, which it's only six movies. Yeah, you've got to be an you've got to be an Anakin level Jedi just to even have a chance of having using Force heal according to Star Wars Legacy canon. All right. The second rule is this. The reason why force healing is never talked about, the reason why the Jedi forbid it, aside from the fact that most people don't consider it, aside from the fact that like most people in like the Star Wars universe don't consider it ever because they just don't... It's so rare that most people don't even consider it to be an actual thing. Yeah. The other thing is, if you do display it, it is forbidden 
for you to use the Jedi forbid you to use it in the reason they're talking about healing yeah force healing the reason why Jedi forbid it even though you think force healing is a good thing the reason why it's forbidden and the Jedi don't talk about it even when it does crop up is because their explanation for it is this when you heal someone who has like been like who has a fatal wound or something like that you're messing with the ties if it like the yes it the is the force it is the force's will for that person to die because they've been been critically wounded when you heal them you are exerting your will on the force and subverting the force's sovereign will and that physically shunts you closer to the dark side because that is you are going against the force because that is you exerting you're bending the force to your will instead of going with the force and so that is a actually a really compelling arc that Cade goes on is he keeps using the force heal to like save people he wants like he cares about and every time he does it makes him overtly more evil and more selfish and like it does not every time but like the more he uses it he becomes like overtly more evil like it corrupts him more and more and some uh, uh, a um, a a te- uh what's where i'm looking detail that i like is that like the farther in you go, whenever he uses force, you start to see his eyes turn Sith colors whenever he uses it, oh, okay. which is a detail I like, and it's a really cool story. And I read all of Legacy. I need to. There was a sequel to it called Legacy Ro- Legacy War. Um, Legacy. It and it's, it is like issue fifty, and it ends with the main storyline is left unfinished and it was wrapped up in legacy war i've never read it i need to but so, i read all of legacy it's very good i consider that to be the true sequel trilogy not the thrawn trilogy sure. simply because i think it captures george lucas's original idea of you te- each trilogy follows a different generation of skywalkers yeah. so for beings we're on the star wars topic now yeah pick your number one chad sith sith Sith. Okay, gosh. So I I need to out myself right now as a fake Star Wars fan. I love the movies. I've read some of the EU stuff. I've read Force Unleashed. Like Force Unleashed I know. Star Wars Legacy I know. I read some of the uh I read some of the when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. I read some of the uh, New Jedi Order books that about Han and Leia's kids, Jason and Jaina. Sure. I read some of that. What else? Um what else have I read from Star Wars? Give me a minute to think. I've, I read some of the Clone Wars uh, comics. Sure. So those. So it's be- not really anything pre. Um, episode one. I have Knights of the Old Republic downloaded on Steam. I have not touched it yet. Okay. So um, I've got Darth Revan stuff on PC. I just have yet to touch it. Okay. But that's my way of saying like I know generally about like Darth Nihilus and Darth Bane and those older so but Nihilus is my Chad okay so I'm not but I do not actually I know that Nihilus apparently ate a planet or something which so which sounds ridiculous Nihilus was part of a group called the Triumvirate okay so there was Nihilus Treya and then one other Sith Lord I cannot remember their name and the three of them were supposed to be like the ultimate evils and this is pre-Bane Okay. So Bane was the one who established the, the order, of uh, the rule of two, so where there could only be a master and an apprentice. Yeah. So Nihilus was so ate up with evil and the dark side that yeah. he like was just constantly like constantly fighting and always doing everything he can to kill. And when he died, his 
dark side force essence was so strong that he didn't die. Okay. His body went away, okay. but his spirit stayed with his mask and his cloak. Okay. And he still went about killing things. And it, that's why he was known as the Hunger. Yeah. So, so then he proceeds on and just continues to go around the entire universe and just kills everything. And even Trey is like, we're in trouble here because yeah. Nihilus is on a rampage and you can't talk to him because he'll just kill you. Okay. So then at one point, he eventually does go to a particular planet and kills the entire planet and sucks in their souls to maintain his ability to stay in the form. Because the only way he could do it is killing more people and taking in their soul, their force assets, essentially. Okay. So he is a Chad, but he is at the same time like incredibly flawed because yeah. he has to continue killing and so it's just like this is this is what i do don't talk to me you come near me you're dead okay that's it okay like i like him but also like revan bane bane was literally insane he killed so many sith lords at one time and then established the rule of two and it was just like okay we don't mess with him yeah there's there's so many Sith Lords out there, but if I was going to pick, like, one, it oh, hands down, no doubt, Nihilus. Okay. Just because he is so insane. So, you, in your infinite knowledge, you'd say Plagueis. <laughs> so, in my, no, in my, infinite, in my infinite knowledge, I would say, uh, Mesa Mies, would say, Jar... Darth Jar Jar. Misa say Jar 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 be a pretty okie day safe. Um, but, <laughs> but um, so uh, the point of me saying all that before was um, I know the f I know all, I know all six Star Wars movies like the back of my hand. Yeah. I know those so well. I love those movies. Um, but that is a, they are about as far as my Star Wars knowledge goes. I don't consider myself a normie fan because I deep dive into the movies. I know them a whole lot. Yeah. But I do not dive at all into the EU outside of Star Wars Legacy yeah. and a couple of other um, books because I'm not I'm not that super interested in the Star Wars universe. I'm interested in the Star Wars characters. I'm interested yeah. in those. It, it, like for me, I'm the same way. I love the characters, and then I like getting to hear about some of the history, like the Battle yeah. of Mandalore and how Mandalore the Great, and that's yeah. where the the Black Saber was taken. But all of that being said, I think I would have to go with the normie take of Darth Vader. Obviously. And part of it's because of stuff and like... So, something, he was a very good Sith Lord. Yeah, something that was um, I th that I thought of was a just Star Wars Force Unleashed. I love the scene where Darth Vader betrays Starkiller after Starkiller's gotten all the like Empire Rebels together to start the Rebellion and then Darth Vader just ambushes them and like he pushes Starkiller out of the out of like like, through a wall out of the building they're all meeting in. It just goes out to the edge of the cliff where Starkiller's at, and Starkiller's like, You promised to stay away! And Vader just goes, I lie. Lie. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't say it like that. Let me do it. I'm, I'm, I'm the voice actor here. <laughs> you promised to stay away! And Vader just goes, I lied. <laughs> That's how he goes, I lied. <laughs> it's so matter-of-fact, he just goes, 
I lied. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> Wait, and that's what that's where the chat stuff for Vader comes in, where Vader's like Vader knows that no one can touch him. Yeah. And what's the weird... Even though like he's only like forty percent animatronic at that point. Well and, and that, well that's what I mean, like he's he's in every sense of the word crippled. So like yeah. he like he uh, uh, a lore thing that I really like about Star Wars is that Vader can't use Force Lightning because you can only use Force Lightning out of organic appendages. He can't shoot Force Lightning out of out of um, prosthe- prosthetics. Yeah. So Vader can't use Force Lightning at all. He, Yet at the same time, like he's over here choking the crap out yeah. of people. He cannot run. He can only walk. I think his prosthetics weigh in total like nearly a hundred pounds or something like that like they are way heavier than they need to be and i know that a lore thing is that that was a palpatine just being sadistic as punishment as punishment for vader failing to kill obi-wan he like just gave him he gave him prosthetics that were way heavier than they needed to be so vader's lugging around every day just to move he's lugging around like a hundred pounds of metal he can't run at all he can only walk he can't use force lightning when he fights like he's he's a whole lot he's way clumsier fighting than he was as Anakin because he's got all the extra weight. He's not overtly clumsy. He's a good fighter. But, but the thing is, this he's even stronger. But he's well. I was gonna say he's not clumsy, but he's way. All of his moves have to be way more telegraphed because of how much strength it takes to just swipe his arm. Yeah. So he's slower. His fighting ability is limited. And still, Darth Vader was like the boogeyman of the Star Wars universe. Where like I love the ending of Star Wars: Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. I love the ending. I've not finished it. I need to, but go ahead. I love the ending of the game. It's so good. So they play Anakin's dark deeds. So at the end, Vader shows up. At the end, you beat the girl, the the third sister. One of the um, uh, is it Inquisitors or whatever? Yeah, one of the Inquisitors. You beat her in the final battle, and you're like offering her, like, come with us, like we, like you can escape this place. And it looks like she's about to, and then you just hear far off. No, not even that. You, no, not even that. You hear far off in the background. You hear. You hear like the clanging of boots. Yeah, and then, and then you, and then Anakin's dark deeds comes in. Which have you ever played uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two, the original? Yeah, I, I know. I remember the cheat codes for invincibility okay. and infinite ammo okay, for that's that good. game. That's good. So, do you remember when you play um, Nightfall, the Order sixty six level in the? Okay, yeah. The Order 66 level and the little journal log they start at the beginning. The mute, that soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. They play that. That's from a track in episode three, Revenge of yeah. the Sith, called. As he's An- marching up the. Anakin's Dark Deeds. You hear that play. You're like, oh crap. And then you. And then. You're like, oh crap. Oh crap. <laughs> now, after you hear the clank, clank, you hear the Anakin's Dark Deeds come in, and then you hear the. And then you see, like, the camera pans out, and you see over, like, a little platform, you see Vader's head come up, just kunk, 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 and then you get the full view of Vader, and they actually do an edit to that Anakin's Dark Deeds song, song that I really like. There's an edit in there where he just goes, wow. There's a little mechanical wow yeah, when he comes like- in. And then he's on that platform, and he just hops and lands right behind her. <laughs> 
Yeah, and when he does, she like gets straighter because there was he was actually Vader was referenced earlier in the game during her backstory where it says that Inquisitors are former Jedi, right, who get captured and tortured and becoming Inquisitors, and it's um, one of the one of the Jedi who got captured and escaped before she was turned into an Inquisitor said that. Whenever they were tortured, the torture was always worse when the shadow would show up or something like that. And he's that. the shadow? Yeah. And so there, it's referenced that Vader would always, per, for every single Inquisitor, Vader wouldn't always be there, but there would always be a point where Vader would personally oversee the torture, and it would always be the worst when he was the one overseeing okay. it. And so he shows up, and so when he shows up and he lands, you just see her like flinch and get straighter because... Every every single Inquisitor has been tortured by Vader at some point, so they're all terrified of him. Oh, yeah. And then he walks straight up behind her so that he dwarfs her. Like, she comes up to hear on him, right? And he just goes, You have failed me, Inquisitor. And she just and she just looks at Cal, the main character, and goes, Avenge us. And then he just cuts her down. And then... And so then... And then Cal just has like, Ah, frick, run! No, and so then, because the your helper, your little sidekick... Oh, yeah, a little... No, not him. Um, there's... The, oh, yes, Fred. The, the woman who's been training you, she's a former Jedi who escaped the Inquisitors, and she was actually that Inquisitor's master when they were both Jedi. Oh, okay. So she goes to attack Vader, and she jumps, and Vader just flicks with his hand, <laughs> and she flies over... <laughs> just, boom! Yeah. Whoosh! <laughs> and she flies... Over the edge of the platform they're on and just falls. Wow! Yeah. Wilhelm scream. Yeah, and then <laughs> ah! And so then he just looks at he just looks at Cal and goes, "You would be wise to surrender." <laughs> and and so then Cal goes, "Yeah, probably." And then, <laughs> and then you go into a gameplay, and what happens is the gameplay is you run up to Vader and attack, and whatever attack you do, he blocks it. And he'll block he'll block three attacks, and then he'll just grab you in a force choke and pull you in. <laughs> like he's an unkillable boss. Like they make him unkillable. Yeah, he's unkillable. I saw one person on YouTube who actually found a way to break it and get past his block just with a glitch. And if you manage to hit Vader, all it does is it remove it glitches out and removes him from the game entirely. Because he's what? An, he's an unkillable object. So if you actually do manage to like get like. Cheese it's basically like, oh yeah, we're gonna cut this like crate or whatever, and then the crate disappears from the game or whatever. Yeah, like if you hit him, it means that the game's broken, and so it'll basically just break the game if you manage to hit him. You're not supposed to be able to. So it's insane. And then he pulls you into the force joke, and so what you do is like from that point, it's like QTEs and stuff like that. You have to look over and you. Use the force to grab a pipe and pull it at Vader. And what's funny is Vader doesn't even look behind you. So he's got Cal in the force choke. You pull the pipe and then he just... Vader's just this and grabs it. And then he throws Cal across the room. Throws the pipe at him. And then he starts tearing... Like tearing up the floor and throwing it at Cal. Just as he's walking at Cal. I'm going to have to watch somebody play this scene. Because this scene sounds fantastic yeah and so then what you have to do is you have to turn around and run back the way you came and literally as you're running the room starts disintegrating around you as vader is just like he's twisting up the walkway you're on and throwing it around so you have to jump off onto the next one then he twists that one up and throws it around and so cal gets all the way back to the other side he runs into an elevator he just starts hitting it and remember Close the door. Close yeah, the door. Close, close the door. door. And remember, Vader can't run. So you're hitting the... It, and he just looks over. And Vader's just standing at the elevator watching him. And then Vader walks in. 
walks in and the elevator doors close and his lightsaber just comes through and then the lightsaber start and then the elevator goes up so it like escapes him so then you so they cuts the elevator floor obviously no because it's like going straight up okay so it gets away from him so then you get off the elevator on a different floor you run like through the room all the way to the end of the room you open the door and vader's just there and he walks in and just hits cal hits him again and then like gets him in a force choke and then bb-8 has to stun him for a minute so or whoever that name of the droid is, because I don't think it's BB-8. Yeah, it's, it's BB-8. Sequel trilogy? Oh, sorry, not BB-8. What's his name? Oh, gosh, what's his name? Dito? No, that Dio's episode 9. Yeah. Um, BD-1? That's it. BD-1. BD-1. Yeah, BD-1. BD-1. So BD-1 has to shock him, and so then Vader pulls off BD-1, and if you don't do the QTE quick enough, they'll just crush BD-1 in his, hand, in his bare hand. Oh, no! Yep. But it's um, great. And the great thing about the way they did Vader in that scene is, like, you don't win the fight. You just basically get lucky. You're fighting in un- the underwater fortress from Kenobi. That's where you are. And so the I way- didn't watch Kenobi, so... So there's an underwater fortress, and that's where you're fighting him. And you basically just get lucky. You break one of the windows and flood the place, and that's how you get away from him. Which is good. Because they had a boss fight with Vader where you don't actually get to win. <laughs> All you get to do is escape. Like, just, you gotta get away. Yeah. Figure it out, son. And, um, the way, and all of the enemies have, like, data logs that you get after you face them once. In Invaders, all it says is, winning is impossible. Your best strategy is to run away. Yeah. It's just, I, I, I wanted to finish playing that game. So, where I got to was, after you fly... I'm still listening, but I'm using the restroom. After you fly to Kashyyyk, you're in the AT-AT, and you finish the AT-AT walk. Yeah. And after you go through that walk, you come out there and you're like rebels there or whatever, and you're working with them or whatever. And there's a, a doorway to the left hand side, and you go in there and you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be cool. And then you see like there's a drop down area and there's a workman table where you can mess with your lightsaber. And so I'm standing there and I'm like trying to fix my lightsaber up the way I wanted it to because I just got a power up. I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. want to make sure it's the right color, right hilt. I think I'd also uh, uh, like unlock something or whatever. I don't remember what it was. And so I finished that. I turn around and essentially the giant bullfrog that's in the first planet that you're at I'm now face to face with this like arachnid creature and I have arachnophobia for large spiders and this thing is in my grill and I am yelling. Mind you, when I was playing this game, I still live with my parents and I uh, was yelling. I was just like, ah, no, no. And like, and I was, it was just like shrill more like less like gritty sounding. It was, was more. It, was the spider white? I don't remember. It's been so long because I like immediately played that section, died, turned the game off, and didn't play it again. Because if it's a white spider, so all of those, um, so like the. It's frog, like one of the boss monsters. Yeah, like so the there are black spiders. Don't don't just sleep. so you said you like picked up a collectible then you turned around no, so and what, there. so you're you drop in and there's like this pathway to the left you go through like a, a doorway or whatever mm-hmm. and then you're inside this kind of like fortress kind of a little you drop down 
and there's a table there. Mm-hmm. And you have a table there, you can mess with your lightsaber. Turn around, she's right there in your face. I think I know what you're talking about. If it's the white one I'm thinking of, that's one of the territory bosses. Which is like the bullfrog, the giant red bullfrog, where you there's a hole on the top of his area yeah, and you can and, jump down. And he had a huge health bar. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the ones where, like, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's a giant white one, and you only have to kill it once. It'll never spawn in again, because there's only one. Okay. If that's the one I'm thinking of. But the regular black spiders, you can run into those wherever. I don't remember any of the black normal ones, but... Well, you would have had to run into them before the white one, so... No, because I was in the ATAT, and as as you're on Kashyyyk, you run through the ATAT. Yeah, yeah. Then you drop out of the ATAT, mm-hmm. and you're right there at a base. Mm-hmm. After you finish blowing everything up. Oh wait, so is it like so like let's and see. it's right there. Oh, then no, you haven't even found the white territory boss yet. It may have been one of the big old black ones or whatever. Well, the big old black ones are like the regular ones. Those are the default ones that you can find anywhere. Scared the ever looking crap out of me, dude. I don't like Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk's <laughs> evil. What do you have again? Like, <laughs> like I love Wookiees. Hate Kashyyyk. Like that. I have never not wanted to play a Star Wars game. This is the only one though <laughs> that I do not want to play because of those. By the way, um, going back to Transformers for a hot minute. Chad time again? Uh, he's this character is not really a Chad, but I like him a whole lot because he's got one of the funniest jokes in all the Michael Bay movies. Like I, I watched this scene. This was a Chad moment. No, it wasn't a Chad moment. He's just got one of the funniest jokes okay. in the entire um, movie series. I watched, I rewatched the scene recently, and I and like it got a laugh out of me. Which jokes I've seen before don't often get laughs out of me unprompted, but like. Most of the humor in Transformers these days, like, it gets, and by that, I mean the movies. Yeah. Like, it gets a smirk out of me. This got, like, an outright laugh out of me. It's Jetfire from the second movie. Jet, oh, yes. Jetfire is, in the second Transformers movie, is a huge jet. He's a former He's, Decepticon. He was at the Smithsonian Air and Space Yeah, Museum. he was an SR-71 Blackbird. Okay. Um, and there's a scene right after he gets woken up by Sam and Michaela and um, their allies where he's getting out of the aerospace museum, and he's like, he's um, trying to go off on his own. He's just ignoring everyone, and Sam's trying to get his attention. And Jetfire just the 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 joke, the running joke with Jetfire is that he's like old, old, older than Ironhide. Like he's just he's senile old. Like he's he's like eighty five years old. Get off my line, you whippersnapper! Yeah, he's like he's he's got like robot dementia. Jet, Jetfire has like robot dementia essentially and um, there's a part where he just starts ranting old person style about stuff that like no one that has no connection to what anyone's talking about and at one point I lo- he has just a great line that I love where he goes my father was a wheel the first wheel in fact do you know what he transformed into and Sam goes no he goes nothing <laughs> but he did so with honor with dignity damn it <laughs> I forgot about that. Nothing! <laughs> My father was a wheel! My father was a wheel! The first wheel, in fact! Do you know what he transformed into? Nothing! Nothing! Gosh. I forgot. So the thing is this. In Armada, Jetfire was dope. 
Well, yeah. Because... And Jetfire also wasn't old. Yeah, that that is that version. The old version of Jetfire that they did in this is the only time they've made him a crank, a, a cranky old cantankerous man. old man. The the personality they gave him is actually really similar to a Generation One character named Cup, who is like a drinking cup. No, like C U P K U P like pickup truck because oh. he transforms into a truck. Oh, okay. And he is he is. Older than I- so Ironhide is the old crotchety man in the first two seasons of Trans- crotchety yeah in the first two seasons of the eighties show the G one yeah and Cup is like Cup is like Ironhide is like everyone's grandfather and Cup is like Ironhide's grandfather he old <laughs> he dirt and he <laughs> and he pissed off at everyone <laughs> he literally dirt yeah and the running gag with Cup is that he always tells old stories about like his youth. Like old people do. Yeah. And Cup... Cup... Jetfire's personality in the second movie is very reminiscent of Cup. To the point that I'm almost... That I think the only reason they named him Jetfire is because they needed a jet instead of a car. Yeah. That Otherwise, he probably would have been Cup. <coughs> well. Food, then? Uh, I guess so. Alrighty, then. Y'all have a good one.